Hello and uh, welcome to the Stuff Ben and Mike Like Show, coming to you live, not live. Um, that's not how podcasts work. That's not how podcasts work at all. Coming to you from Nottingham, I guess. Yeah. So um, I'm Ben and I- I'm Mike. Yeah. So that that's about all you really need to know. So uh, we're here. We're going to talk for a while about anime and mostly anime. Yeah, stuff, we, stuff we like. I stuff think. we like. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that also includes video games and you know. In future installments, huh. yeah, future, <laughs> there, there may even be other stuff that's not anime or video games, but that's probably not likely, because... Who's got time for that? Who does have time for that? Really, nobody. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, uh, I think we're going to start off with, you know, talking about what we're watching at the moment, what kind of games we're playing, just give you an insight into our exciting lives. It doesn't get so, much more exciting than our lives, to be um, So, what, what are you watching at the moment? Ah, okay. So I'm watching a few things from the new season. Uh, I'm going to bring up a list because I can't remember exactly. So I'm watching Acker. Acker. Um, yeah. Uh, How do you which, spell that? A-C-C-A. Um, which is a funky sort of colourful, stylized internal investigation show thing. You already said far too many words there. <laughs> yeah. You, you lost me. I, st- I still don't really know. You lost me, you didn't even finish, you know, the, <laughs> the one sentence description. Yeah. I still don't really know what it's about, in a way. Um, but, like, there's, like, this country that's shaped like a bird, and I don't know whether that's relevant or not, but they seem to be part of it. What kind of bird? I, I don't even... Just a generic just bird. Just a generic bird, yeah. Birds are always good. Like the Twitter bird. That's less good. I mean, that that's just that's a bit too generic, really. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's the thing. Um, and there's just it's like managed by a selection of bureau type things, and then the main character is like a guy who goes around and audits them because like this is already sounding really super exciting. Is it? You can any tell. Good. So far, I've been enjoying it. Like, there's some intrigue. Um, it's got a good art style. I like well, the art there you style. Go. Good music. What, so what, what else is there? Moving on. Swiftly. Moving on, yeah. That's probably too much on Akka already. Because, you know... Um, other things. This series, like, I'm picking up Chaos Child because for some reason I'm invested in the Chaos Head. Did you actually Steinscape watch all of Chaos, slash, Chaos Head? I did watch all of Chaos Head. It's one of my first sort of anime that I found on my own and watched. I remember watching the first episode of Chaos Head and going, um, are we PG on this podcast? Uh, no. What the fuck, <laughs> I think is what I said. Uh, That's fair. I mean, I remember there was a virtual girlfriend and some other stuff. I'm, I'm surprised um, you got to that point in episode one, to be honest, because it just gets crazier from there. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think this was something we were watching at the, the Anime Society. Yes. That's the uh, the Nottingham University Science Fiction Fantasy Anime Society. Do That's we still want to promote that now that we're not there? Probably not, but, you know, you have to be clear on okay. these things. Um, I'm sure everyone listening knows about that anyway. <laughs> But, you know, uh, what other shows you've been watching? Um, yeah, other ones this season. Uh, Interviews with Monster Girls. That sounds um, fascinating. It's It sounds awful. Let's not kid ourselves. But Oh, like, yeah, no, it's definitely awful. It's been pleasantly surprising in the sense that it doesn't sound like an awful Monster Girl anime, which is obviously what the name implies. Um, it's just been sort of slice of life-y with a bit of fun stuff thrown in. So um, I've been watching, well, 
I, I mostly tend to end up watching shows with my housemates, which generally often means we end up getting drunk and watching terrible shows, not just because my housemates have terrible taste. They well, not, do, just, not just because of that. Yeah. But also because they're fun shows to get... Bad shows are more fun to get drunk with. Um, and bad podcasts, too. Uh, <laughs> you might hear a clink of a glass there. <laughs> Whoops. So um, we've been watching Konosuba Season 2, which is... Um, well, I guess... The, the problem is these are all, what we've been watching is a lot of sequels, so uh, we'll end up talking about maybe the prequels to those later on. Yeah, I mean, um, e- even even the anime industry can't escape like but, the constant proliferation of yeah, sequels. I mean, Konosuba is yeah. I, th- I think we'll, we'll we'll talk about that one later on. Um, Masamune Kun's Revenge. Oh, <laughs> you're watching that, eh? That's entertaining in a sort of awful kind of way i think we've got two episodes into that uh that's one, one more episode than me in fact one and a half more episodes than me it's um again you know awful but fun <laughs> to drink with uh, really yeah not, not a lot of depth to these uh these things uh we we both watched um fate grand order fate grand order yes yes that was an called. interesting spin-off I think both of us actually just thought was an episode of a show <laughs> and turned out to be a movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it probably means more to people who are, like, super invested in the Fate universe. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm super invested in the Fate universe, but I have, through various things, ended up reading through the entire Fate Stay Night visual novel <laughs> and seeing, like, most of the shows and stuff related to it. Yeah. And I don't even like it that much, but, That's you know. a, Yeah, it's a weird one like that. Um, like, and interestingly... The the movie, the OVA, whatever you want to call it, Fate Grand Order, like, did a really good job in the sense that it sort of made me want to play the mobile game, which would probably be a really bad use of my, my time. Ah, uh, okay. I hadn't realised it was a mobile game. Yeah, it's based, based on a mobile game. Well, based on a mobile game, and <laughs> if you're not Rage of... If you're not Shingeki no Bahamut, <laughs> then honestly, based on a mobile game is generally a miss in my book, but... um. You know, there's lots of uh, lots of great things. I'm desperately scrolling through these well, lists I mean, of animes here. I, 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 I can throw some more out there in the sense of other things sure, this season. Sure. I mean, there's Yoamushi Pedal Season 3, which I've been looking forward to I've for a long time. I've been totally meaning to watch some of that, and I haven't, because honestly... Uh, well, I mean, mild spoilers, but this is... The, what is it? New Generation. New Generation. So that obviously is kind of showing that all of the third years that were there before are now gone, yeah. and... Really, when all the third years and Yoramushi pedal are gone, what, what is there left? You say that, but then just think of Diamond Oase. And you're like, the third years made that show. Yeah. And then they disappeared, and then somehow the show was still amazing. Although well, the third years did keep showing up, and every time the third years showed up, you're like, man, I love the third years. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I'll admit. but um, Yeah, you'll have to see how it goes. Um, so, uh, again... Um, Showa Genroku Rakugo Shinju Sukuroku Futabihen. <laughs> is that what it's called? Which is only a small mouthful of a title. Uh, I just that... call it That Rakugo Show. Yeah, so that's the second season of the of That Rakugo Show. But I think, again, we'll be talking about that later on. The other um, one that. So we might just touch on the, the new season of that. Um, I feel like just to mix that, things that's... up from stuff that's currently airing, uh, I'm also watching um, Akatsuki no Yona. Uh, or Yona of the Dawn. Oh, yes. Um, which is going oh, back yeah. a little while. I'm not sure exactly when that That's came out. That's a couple of years, I think. Yeah. I remember seeing that show and saying, hmm, hmm, and never quite sort of getting around to it. Yeah. Um, I must have just completely missed it at the time 
Um, but I'd seen some people talking about it online and I was sort of like, oh, this sounds like the sort of thing I might be interested in from the setting, which is that sort of generic, like, Three Kingdoms-ish China-type setting, I guess, but, like, alternate universe. Um, That's always great. And it's, like, the classic sort of storyline of hero, or in this case, heroine, I guess. Mm. Um, I love heroine. Yeah. <laughs> like, going out on a journey to sort of uh, recruit companions to help her in a quest to regain the throne, in this case. That sounds quite similar to another show that we both like. <laughs> it does. And just a lot of media in the world. Um, but I'm actually really enjoying that. Well, so there you go. That's, that's um, uh, my girlfriend and I have been going through Cardcaptor Sakura lately. <laughs> Which is a show that I watched Card Captors as a child and loved it, and then later on realized that it was based on a naturally much better, or sort of butchered out of a much better uh, show that and that was new that was Card Captor Sakura in the original Japanese version. God, I sound like an anime retard when I say that. But anyway, <laughs> is, is, is I card... only watch it in the original Japanese. <laughs> is, is Card Captors like a weird westernized? localization of yes it's the same show but chopped up and with everyone's names changed and things in different orders and different focus and basically any of the weird romantic stuff removed so is it like the four kids version of yeah pretty much but almost worse i think it was the the (laughs) nelvana version okay remember the nelvana polar bear thing oh wow but it's actually it's it's a great show and uh we've both been really enjoying that i mean obviously i've seen it before but it's great to watch it again um and uh, yeah, I mean that's that's been something we've been watching together. That's been a really good time. Excellent. Did you want to talk about any video games? Probably should, because I mean I could just keep talking about things that I've been watching for. A long I forget time. that you actually watch about a million shows a year. You'll this will come up later on that you'll realise <laughs> that Mike has actually watched about thirty shows and I've watched about ten. So uh, it'll be it'll be fun. Yeah, I'll leave it at that then. Um, but games wise, I have managed to fit some in. Though, if you know me at all or follow me on Twitter. Um, you'll know that well, I'm constantly complaining about not having enough time to actually where, play any where games. Where can we follow you on Twitter? Oh, where can you follow me on Twitter? Well, that would be at Begbie, <laughs> at B-E-G-G-B-I-E, I think. Yeah, I think I spelled that right. Um, not that you'd want to. <laughs> no. Um, uh, you can also follow me on Twitter, but you, I haven't posted anything in a really long time, so that's just uh, either there. Well, I think we've we've both been, been playing Titanfall 2. We have, together, as together, a matter of fact. Um, that's actually been a pretty fun game it's no splatoon which is another game we both played together and i think both really enjoyed but um yeah i mean we, we mostly like the the giant robot aspect yeah, of it. not yeah. so down on the the call of duty like bit of it well i don't know like for the campaign uh the single player i really enjoyed being a pilot yeah. and running around and like the movement they've just nailed yeah so well i mean i i went back and i played titanfall one briefly and you run so slowly in that game mm. like the wool running is so slow by comparison it's unbelievable the difference compared to how fast it is in titanfall 2 but then are... again titanfall 2 is a much faster game in general so you tend to die a lot faster you tend to run around a lot faster and which means it's all a bit more twitchy which i don't necessarily yeah. like so which in much. multiplayer is yeah less less good yeah. like you can take it in single player against ai um but multiplayer particularly when obviously you've got 
cream yes. of the crop people who spend all their time playing Titanfall. Especially since there's actually only about 20 people who actually play the game on PC, and they're all really good at the game. Yeah, I heard some... Apart from us. I heard someone yesterday, or the day before, saying, like, oh, what's happened to the matchmaking? Like, now I'm only getting matched against people who, who stomp me all the time. And, I mean, apart from that being my experience since I started playing the game when yes. it came out, um, I think that's just because the only people who are still playing it are... It's disappointing, really, because it got released in a kind of awkward space between yeah. some other big games, uh, it, Call yeah. of Duty and Battlefield, and then I think it's doing better on consoles, but being on, uh, we both play on PC, I think being on Origin on PC has mm. kind of screwed it over. I think it was on Steam, probably a lot of people would see it and play it, but that's probably true. when it's on Origin, it's sort of tucked <laughs> away. And yeah, it's... yeah. It almost makes you like question EA's business model yes. in that sense. But I mean, at the same time, people do still fork out. What doesn't make you question EA's business model? Well, it must be working, and people must be forking out like 60 quid for Mass Effect or whatever, otherwise they just wouldn't, they wouldn't do it. I guess. Uh, but, you know, I think we we, we both agree that... Because, uh, as you say, when you're playing, you can play as a pilot or in a giant robot. You get into your giant robot as a pilot, in case you don't really know how the game works. <laughs> it's a first-person shooter game. You shoot people. It's... Um, reasonably self-explanatory and it's got wall running and it's great uh but yeah i mean think i think we both enjoy the the robot stuff a lot more than the the walking around stuff which yeah that's is, very it, true it's a lot more slow and it's a lot well it, it, it can still be quite fast but it's a lot more methodical mm, yeah and sort of more strategy to it than just yeah i'd like around. i'd like to say it involves more skill but that's probably not true well not um, skill on our part yeah um like and i yeah i don't die instantly i mean i'm not gonna claim to be competent or like yeah. do anything worthwhile with that extra time but i don't spawn and then immediately get shot at from across the map well even then if you do spawn and then get shot at from across the map you can't instantly die yeah, yeah. it takes at least like three <laughs> shots to kill it's you true. so there you go you've got some time um any other games you want to talk about um i guess so yeah so I mean, just, just you gotta Get through this. Power through this. That's true. Like this is just the warm up segment of the podcast. Yeah. Um, so I've revisited Diablo three recently. Um, I didn't even know people still played Diablo three. That's so many people still play Diablo three because they haven't really stopped churning out content for it. Are they it all released. in Asia somewhere? Or is it? <laughs> um, I imagine a lot of them are. A lot of Russians playing Diablo as well. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, no, that's, that's quite a dedicated fan base as you might expect from a Blizzard game. Um, but they had an event this January to mark, I think, like the 20th anniversary of Diablo, something like that, um, where they recreated the cathedral from Diablo 1 in okay. Diablo 3. So, like, you could take a portal to, like, old Tristram or whatever. Um, and as well as, like, being the environments and the old bad guys and all the sort of nostalgic stuff, it also puts, like, this awful, like, pixelated filter and stuff <laughs> over your over your screen. That sounds marvellous. <laughs> it's it's slightly uh, off-putting to begin with. Um, and you also, like, slow down to a crawl in terms of your walking speed as well, um, just to make you really feel like you're there. That's, um... um... Yeah, I have to say, I've never actually played any Diablo games. Oh. I've played... Torchlight, which I understand yeah, is similar. Yeah, action RPG. The general thing that I seem to understand is it involves a lot of clicking. Lots of clicking and lots of loot, and that's basically the cycle that keeps you keeps you going. Yes. Um, and so I've I've just sort of dipped back into that for the wow. event. There you go. And oh, is, that's it, fun. is it sucking your soul? Um, it might be if I had more time to. Well, there you go. In. Not enough soul to go around. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, moving on. Moving on. One more I'm going to talk about, uh, which is World of Final Fantasy. Okay. Um, 
because I sort of picked this up on a whim, partly because I had some Amazon vouchers, I think, um, and because the marketing was pretty cool in the sense that it's all your fi- favorite Final Fantasy characters in like little chibi form, and you go around and you do like fun Final Fantasy things. Who are your favorite Final Fantasy characters? Oh, <laughs> um, it's not a question I ponder that often, to be honest, because it's always like, "What's your favorite Final Fantasy game?" and I'm just like eight. Um, so on that basis. Probably most of the characters from 8. I like Irvine. I like Laguna. I do love Irvine and Laguna. I like Squall, but I feel like I shouldn't like Squall, because as a character, I don't know. I mean, it's fun to hate on Squall, but, you know... <laughs> Not as fun as it is to hate on Cloud. No, I mean, Cloud's a, just a little bitch boy. <laughs> just lost all of our listeners, Ben. Well, <laughs> our listeners should get better taste. Fair play. Um, but basically, I picked this up uh, in September or October, and I was planning on finishing it before Final Fantasy XV came out, which is obviously the big Final Fantasy event of last year. Um, but I'm still playing it. Well, there you because go. Because it, it's, it's really long. And like it's done the classic JRPG thing of like pretending to finish multiple times and then just pulling some random twists out of nowhere to artificially extend the length of the game. Um, which is quite frustrating. I keep on seeing... I, I used to play a lot of Final Fantasy fourteen, mm. and I got, like, super addicted to it and uh, drew into the game and it ended up sort of consuming my life. And I keep on seeing things that make me kind of want to play it again, and I go, no, I must be strong. I will escape. Yeah, yeah, I, I see a lot of that um, inner conflict that people are having uh, on Twitter and stuff, saying, like, I really don't want to go back to this and, like, waste all my life, but at the same time, it's sort of sucking me in. Especially with the... Yeah, there's been quite a few bits of new content, I think. In 14. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a great game. I mean, it was actually... It was, a re- it was the first MMORPG that I really played a lot, and I got very into it, and I was in one of the... one of the best guilds on the server by the end. Oh. And, you know, we were, we were taking down bosses. We beat turn 8, and then we got on turn 9, and it all just went horribly wrong. Oh. So... You know, I'm I'm still in con. I still made some good friends on there, so uh, excellent. It, it was it wasn't an entirely wasted experience, <laughs> but we should uh, probably move on to anime. Given that we're nearly twenty minutes in, we actually haven't got to what we were supposed to be talking about. Well, then, as it's the stuff Ben and Mike like podcast, um, anime is probably, I'd say, probably our most. I was going to say major yeah. shared interest. I guess. Probably. I mean, I think in games we kind of, we differ a lot in the kind mm. of styles of games that we like. Uh, you often sort of, I I think we both like Japanese games, but you like more japanese <laughs> Japanese games. I like Musou games. I like sort of Nintendo Japanese games, and you like more... Your Koei Tecmos and your Square Enixes and yes. your Atlases and your... Yes, which I tend to be less. I mean, I, I really like JRPGs in theory, but um, I actually can't remember the last time I played a JRPG that I really liked. That's fair. I mean, most my most of the JRPGs that I liked came out before about 2001. <laughs> Other than that, beyond that, I, I, I like I like menu-based combat, which isn't I love menu-based combat, it, which it, is... All these games these days, they say, oh, you have a party of six people and you control one guy, and that's all you do. Everyone else does everything automatically. And you think, why are these people even here? Yeah, that's not cool. They just die and I have to resurrect them every it, time. <laughs> it must be said, um, a point, quite a big point in World of Final Fantasy's favour is that it goes back to quite an old-school turn-based system, um, which I've really liked because, yeah... You know, your Final Fantasy 13s and mm. presumably your 15s, which I haven't played yet, obviously, um, 
I, I, I don't like the sort of Final Fantasy real-time, in inverted commas, battle it, system. Um, what, what's that? The active time Yeah, active system. time, exactly. Active time is like the peak of, peak of amazingness. <laughs> I've, I've got. I think I've that. got mixed feelings on active time. Oh really? Um, and I think there's like a slider in terms of how active some of the active time systems are. Um, but yeah, I like how you can also, in some recent games, you've been able to determine how active that system is. Like you can decide to have it fully turn-based, including like waiting for you to select your actions, yeah. etc. Or you can have it like closer to real time, but with a more traditional ATS type. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, let's actually. That's move a bit on. of a tangent because. Let, let's move on to anime, like we said we we're <laughs> going to do five minutes ago. Yeah. So um, we're going to start out. The, our format here is we're going to discuss some anime that we both watched most of the time, in depth. In depth. It's going to be in depth. You have to say in depth. In depth. There we go. And then we're going to have a lightning round. You have to say lightning round. L- lightning round. He's not. He, he, <laughs> he's not as enthusiastic. Enthusiastic about this as I am, as you can see. Right. Um, I think you should point out that we're going to be talking about shows from last year. Yes, this is shows from 2016. This because... is overviewing all the shows that we watched in 2016 and saying which ones are great, which ones are rubbish. Because it's and, basically uh, like a new year, year roundup yeah. sort of thing, even though we are now like at the end of January and yes. the time has probably passed. But... The time has definitely passed. Well, the Oscars are still... You know, <laughs> it's true. It's true. They haven't happened yet. Um, it's award season. So <laughs> we're not going to be giving out any awards, though, here. I we're not. Think. So, um, should we dive into it? Yeah, yeah, why so, not? So, ReZero, that was a show that was actually very popular. Super, super popular. Super, super popular. I'm not... I mean, I, I do know why, but I sort of... I question the validity of its popularity. <laughs> I think that's fair, and I think I'm on on a similar page to you. So what what's the what's the rough? So what happens is, and stop me if you've heard this one before. There's some guy, and then he sort of actually I can't remember. Does he? Die? I'd say he was no. He does. He doesn't even die. Like so to get out of the way. It's a show where like a guy gets transported to like some fantasy world, basically. Some um, RPG-esque fantasy some RPG-esque world. Some RPG-esque But it's not actually world. an RPG. No. It's just some um, fantasy world. But unlike most shows of that genre, I guess that it is ilk. these days, that ilk, um, there isn't really an explanation as to why this happened. Like, he wasn't trapped in a game through some bizarre virtual reality tech. Or... He wasn't trapped in the database. <laughs> or anything along those lines basically he's just out the shops one day and then suddenly he's dragged into this other world oh yeah that's I, I, and then I, it just sort of goes from there and doesn't doesn't really care about that yeah so the the core kind of gimmick of the show is that this guy can keep dying and then repeating a day again so he, he is sort of it's, it's the old groundhog day thing it's basically groundhog day crossed with I don't know. Sword Art Online? Yeah, I was going to say Sword Art Online, but even that's slightly an unfair comparison because the world isn't quite as retarded as Sword Art Online. That's true. It's, it's, it's quite an interesting world, actually. It is. It's a pretty... I mean, it, it's not an amazing world, but it's it's better made than some of these generic fantasies For sure. tend to yeah. be. Um, so there's this core Groundhog Day mechanic, which it starts out being sort of quite a big thing and then kind of drifts off and becomes less important towards the end. Yeah, yeah. I think and that's you fair. sort of, you end up in sort of arcs where you say, okay, we've got to go through this day 
and then he's got to do it six times before he gets it right, and then they move on to the next section, which he's got to do six times before mm. he gets it right. Yeah. And it it goes along reasonably well. I mean, it does some stupid stuff and some cringeworthy stuff, <laughs> and then and it gets to a bit in the middle where everything gets really depressing. It takes a bit of a turn. The main character just starts being a... Well, he was already kind of a miserable little bitch to Yeah, begin with. well, he starts out as, like, just sort of a cocky, like, quipping... Yes. Almost like fourth wall breaking type guy. Yes. To... Um, and he wasn't exactly likable, but like he was sort of funny from time to time, hmm. um, which is good. But then as the show progresses, um, it sort of morphs into a how much hell can we put this guy through? Yeah. Like every episode. Um, and regardless of whether or not that's a good story device, um, it basically just breaks him. As a character. Yes. And he gets really whiny and like his motivations are all over the place and he's just not not likable. I mean, there's about, because as I said, there were some sort of cringeworthy moments earlier on, but I feel like it just gets to the point where there were, I don't remember how many episodes, but there are at least sort of four or five solid episodes of just kind of just cringeworthy miserableness. Yeah. Yeah. It's like oh, we're going to kill off his love interest, one of his love interests, in, like, the most brutal way imaginable, like, right in front of his eyes, and then make him, you know, die slowly and painfully so he can then go back and repeat. So how about those love interests, So how about those love interests? Because, I mean, obviously (laughs) I feel as that's going to be a lot of the kind of fanboy interest in this show is that saying, oh, who is best girl? Who is best um, girl? Usually we like to talk about who is best guy rather than best girl, (laughs) because... Best guy tends to be more interesting. Plus, you know, we, we're both a little bit gay for some of the characters <laughs> in these shows. But probably not in this not one. Not this show. No. I don't know, actually. Reinhardt? Is that... No. Am I making that up? The Possibly. night, The night guy. He, he was... At the start. He was yeah, pretty cool. Maybe. But, you know, I'm not sure if I'm gay for him. No. That's, that's going quite, quite a long way. So there's, um, there's... There's... So it's a two-horse race, really, isn't it, for best girl? At least online. Well, at at least in terms of, you know, love interests for the main character. And there's one who is kind of boring, and then there's one who is clearly better than the other one. (laughs) You see, it's odd that I'm still not exactly sure who who you're meaning, but I mean, I think I know where you're going. So there's the... uh, I'm I'm not sure how much you want to do spoilers here, that's the thing. Um, I think... Uh, you can say a bit. Okay, so there's the uh, there, there's a maid with blue hair, who is either Rem or Ram. Rem, I'm pretty sure. Rem. It's Rem. Rem is blue hair. Ram and is then, red hair. And then there's the um, the other girl whose name I completely can't remember. Uh, Amelia. Amelia. There you go. I'm glad I have my walking anime encyclopedia here. Um, and the the main character has kind of vague love interest in both of them but is obsessed with Amelia for some reason despite the fact that she's basically just rejects him at every turn and is just a really dull and uninteresting character who really doesn't do anything apart from maybe in the first episode or first couple of episodes Hmm. even then the most productive thing she does is die a couple of times Harsh. harsh harsh see I mean I'm not gonna really come down too hard on either side of this equation. I know, I mean, I think either way, it's just kind of, it's stupid. But I oh, think yeah. just in the context of the show, it was just, I it, mean, it just adds another layer of what the fuck is this character doing to the main character's motivations and actions, I think. That's, that's, yeah. 
That's true. Um, I mean, I quite like Amelia in terms of character design, I guess. Oh, really? Um, I yeah. always thought she looked slightly odd compared to everything else in terms of design. Well, there you go. That's <laughs> a difference of opinion, I difference. suppose. Um, and she's got, like, funky ice magic and stuff, so that's always, always I love cool. ice magic. And you say, like, yeah, she was she sort of becomes irrelevant after the first few episodes, in a, in a way. Um, and I of, think the first few episodes were probably my favourite part of that I show. I feel like Emilia just kind of ends up as less of a... I mean, obviously, we, we don't want to get into the whole, maybe, objectification of women in anime, although we might talk about that <laughs> later on in a different show. But I do feel like she ends up as less of a character and more of a prize. She's Yeah, a prize, a target. Yes. Um, I mean, yeah, I think they try and have a bit where she's, like, standing up for herself and saying, like, you shouldn't be, like, pretending to you're, that you're doing all of this for me because, really, it's just for you. Yes. Sort of moment. But then, you know, that just... That's all just cringeworthy and miserable anyway. Oh, it was really painful to watch. Let's um, <laughs> let's move on from cringeworthy and painful to uh, what's next? Alderaman in the sky. Have you got the proper Japanese title for this? Oh, one? oh man, that's a mouthful. Um, so it's Nejimaki Seirei Senki Tenkyo no Alderaman. I'm not going to try and repeat something that. Something on those lines. I think it's something to do with with uh, fairies maybe, and something to do with battlefields, yes. wars. So this show, or do you, do you want to do the, the summary of the story? Um, can, I, can I use the my anime, the synopsis? No. <laughs> uh, okay, so I'll come up with one. Um, so basically, uh, this guy who is like the most generic light novel protagonist that you could possibly imagine. Really? <laughs> I think so. I mean... Okay, no, you, you, you carry on with the with <laughs> In the, the sense that, like... Carry on with the synopsis. Okay, so he's there. Um, he is incredibly lazy. That's, like, his one character trait that you get told from the start and then just, like, keeps getting rammed home at every point throughout. Um, and for some reason, I can't remember why, he ends up having to do, like, an exam to become an officer in the army. So what happens is that he's on a boat somewhere with some other guys who he hasn't met before... And then it turns out that one of them is the princess of some empire, or the empire they all live in. And then the princess, they, they have to rescue the princess from this thing. This It's all set in a kind of, it's an interesting, I, I quite like the universe. It was sort of a sort of <laughs> I like how much we're jumping thing. around here, but yeah. It's hard to describe, but anyway. Um, they're on a boat and there's some guys, and then the princess makes them all into knights, and then they have to go and be soldiers even though half of them don't want to be soldiers anyway or the main character doesn't want to be a soldier yeah he, he's really reluctant. even though he's basically the best soldier in the universe well that's why i say it's like a, the most generic light novel protagonist because he's like so reluctant and he's like misunderstood and lazy as well um but at the same time he's just so overpowered and like everyone loves him for no real reason it's because he's just such a bad boy <laughs> i mean my, one of my favorite parts of this show and, well, I don't know about favourite, but one of the most amusing parts of the show was when uh, the main character meets this other character, who this other female character, who it turns out is very upset with him because it turns out the main character slept with this girl's mum, which... I, I had mean, a feeling you were going to mention that. It's just, it just kind of, it's not the kind of thing you actually expect to come up in anime because generally, you know, you get, you get anime characters who are all kind of... Suave. Suave and stuff, but then it generally turns out you know that they've never actually been within about 30 foot of a woman yeah yeah it's like 
it builds him up as this womanizer type character. And like they always call him that, mm. even though there isn't yeah, really much evidence for it so on screen. Having him like actually just be a straight up douchebag, <laughs> I feel is sort of it's I don't want to say relatable. <laughs> well, because rather than having the actual anime protagonist where everyone loves him for some reason, I feel like you got into a situation where people were actually, they sort of, they knew that he was actually a complete dickhead and that was sort of an accepted thing mm. rather than trying to sort of dance around the fact. Because with lots of protagonists like this, they are a dickhead, but everyone's still treating them as though, oh God, you're so They're the best thing ever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I quite like that, that it was sort of, you know, it, it went understood that and there was um there was lots of military tactics and things like that which i enjoyed uh yeah i do yeah. like military tactics it was interesting in the sense that they they do have quite a few sort of battle sequences yes. in the show um but the focus is very much on the planning for that yeah and in a sense like the explanation afterwards of how you know he dazzled everyone with his amazing military genius uh, rather than on like the sort of actual fighting itself um yeah. Though there were still some quite well animated like bits the, the, of action. The animation in general I thought was pretty good. It was Madhouse who are yeah. generally these days pretty solid in animation. Love a good bit of Madhouse. So um, the character designs I quite liked. They were sort of slightly off in some ways. Some quite generic ones as Yeah, well. I mean the, the characters in general apart from some of the main characters were a bit odd. Yeah. I think that they, they weren't as, in, some of them definitely weren't as interesting as they could be. For sure. But, um, I mean, generally, I think it was a, it was an enjoyable show, and I quite liked it. It was it was solid. Like, I mean, I was talking to you about this before, like, going back and thinking about how much I actually enjoyed it. At the time, I thought it was quite good and something new and refreshing, because mm. it's quite different to a lot of other shows that you might think are similar, I guess. Um, but a lot of the stuff that it does is quite, well, unoriginal, I guess, is what yeah. I'd say. Um, but it's still, it's, it's a decent ride, like, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, again, you know, it was, it was fun whilst I was watching it. If I went back and watched it again, I'm not sure how I'd feel about mm. it. But at the time when I was watching it, I thought it was quite enjoyable. Yeah. And I mean, it's got an opening by Kishida Kyodan in the Akiboshi Rockets, which is I, usually I a recipe that. for success. Except when, well, we'll get to that <laughs> one later. <laughs> Controversial. So, uh, Arslan Senki. Arslan um, Senki Fujin Rambu? Yes. Like or, Wind Chronicles or something. It was, I can't remember this, it was Dance of Wind. Oh, they tried to make a weird English. Yes, it was a weird yeah. English title, which made absolutely no sense. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, if you've seen the first season of Arslan Senki or um, Heroic, the Heroic Le Legend of Arslan. Yes. This is, you know, following on from that, it's set in the same, this is a sort of, uh, pretend sort of Persian kind of yeah yeah it's it's a sort of fantasy kingdom in a sense yes. um, but it's inspired by yeah like early Persia yeah and basically there's this boy who is totally going to become king but not and he has to go around and collect a and he has this sort of ragtag bag of unlikely companions <laughs> and they're all totally overpowered it's, and it's, it's um and it, it's uh, based on a it's it's a manga by Hiromu Irakawa, which was based on of Full a, Metal Alchemist fame. Of Full Metal Alchemist fame, who which is based on a book by some. Japanese I'm not going to remember. It's it's yeah, it's a series of novels, fancy novels. But um, I mean, the, the Arakawa character designs, I think, add a lot to it. Yeah. Because they're all pretty and great. And probably a lot of the interactions between characters yes. that come from the Arakawa 
adaptation. I mean, talking of being gay for characters, I mean, this is just... Yeah. Oh, well, what, who would be your choice, I guess? There's a plethora of options. Oh, God. I mean, there's just so many great characters. I mean, there's Darian, who's ridiculously overpowered. There's Geeve, who's just gorgeous. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's a, I think there's some women in there somewhere, but who wants that, eh? Uh, I mean, they're not the best women um, in anime. No, I feel... Who's the... Uh, I don't want to call her the tribal girl. <laughs> um... She's a, a bandit girl. Yeah, yeah. She she's probably the weakest of the characters, but uh... yeah. In terms of her actual character, yeah. I mean, she's got a fairly interesting design. I guess it's got a hey, look to her. Hiromu but... Arakawa does always seem to write men quite well. I think she writes good yeah. male characters, as you could probably see from Full Metal Alchemist. Mm. There's lots of you know great men in there. <laughs> this is sounding increasingly gay. Um, uh yeah but like Farangis, so i guess yes. you could argue is the f- most primary female character yes um is you know the character design is very much like this manga is for boys yes type um yeah so the uh going back to the uh the synopsis so following on from the last season she won't talk about it basically arslan this prince is put into exile and has to go and find, was it 50,000? 50,000 troops. 50,000 troops to bring back as an army for reasons that will would become clear if you watch the show. Um, so they basically go off to this, he and his, his bunch of friends go off to the seaside town and fight some pirates. Mm. And that's really the whole thing. It is. It's only 10 episodes? Eight. It's eight, eight episodes. Is it eight? God, I thought it, okay, yeah. And it's really, that's the main complaint I have is it's just not long enough. Yeah. I mean, it's a. The animation was a lot more consistent than it was mm. in the. Yeah, that's in the original fair. Show. There were some glaring errors, I guess, in the first season. Um, but yeah, like. The way I think about it, you know. Little and often Arslan could be good, mm. but so long as it actually is often and it's not really that. It's, it was just little. Yes. Like, the first season was 24 episodes, yeah. I think. Um, and then we had a couple of years, and then we had eight episodes, and then there isn't really anything on the horizon. I don't know what's happening in terms of the manga. I don't know how far through the manga we are, and if that, that's think, holding things up. I think up. the anime overtook the manga in the first season. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, well, I guess that's probably a problem <laughs> then. Yeah. But, I might have made that up. Um, but, you know, it's still it was still a great show. It still had great music. Uh, it still has it, it has this this slightly odd... Uh, technique of having when it's got large armies mm. of people they're all 3d animated there's a lot of 3d cg in there which can look a bit jarring but uh generally it's i think it, they did it a okay. bit better in the second season potentially yeah but I part mean, of that is because i think the scale was completely different um because in the first season um like the scale is massive uh, like we have armies, tens of thousands strong, yeah. like clashing, and like nations sort of coming together in clashes. Yeah. And then season two is literally, yeah, Arslan and his mates. They Fighting get, on a boat. They get sent out, God knows where, and like, yeah, they're sailing around and having hijinks. And it's very much like sort of famous 5 yeah, as opposed to like Three Kingdoms E, I guess. Would it be famous 5 or would it be more kind of Swallows and Amazons? <laughs> That Swallows Amazon is probably more accurate in terms of the subject matter, but like, 
Well, you, that's what that's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. Anyway, like that, I'm not sure how I felt about the sort of scope shift because I really like the grand scale of the first season. Yeah. And as you say, like the interactions and the characters are still great in season two. Yeah. But in terms of the plot, like it sort of seems completely inconsequential. Yeah. No, I think it it felt definitely like a a side story more than a. Yeah, like the way I think about it is, it's like a Naruto movie as opposed to like mm, well, a Naruto I, series. I think that, yeah, I think that, uh, yeah, and I know what you mean. So it's it's basically it's a big thing, and it's sort of they everyone gets to use all their special moves, but then in the end everyone forgets about it. And it yeah, and it's entirely self-contained, yes. and like you'd never heard of the people involved before, and you probably yes. won't hear from them again. Yeah, uh, I remember that from Bleach movies. It's always <laughs> great. Um, especially when the characters are actually really good and you're like, man, I hope these guys show up, although they never will. But they did in Arslan, so that's good. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I think this is probably going to do a better job of following things through than uh, than a, your general, you know, shonen would. That's true, that's true. And I think they did recruit a new guy for their team, so he'll yes. probably come back. Okay. Um, so we think that's a great show. We do. Yeah. I love it. So, Hibike Euphonium. Hibike Euphonium, season two. Season two. Or Sound Euphonium. Sound Euphonium, with an exclamation mark. One of the weakest English translations around, but I mean, I don't well, know what it, you could it, do with it, that. It's, it's a direct translation. I, yeah, but... I, I've thought about other ways to do it. I mean, it's no... Um, what's that one about climbing mountains? Oh, there's... Oh. There, there's loads of terrible... Encouragement of climb. Encouragement of climb. <laughs> there's so many... Bad title translations. I mean, I think we this, this one, you know, almost just gets a. It, it, it's okay. It does the job, I guess. Yeah. But anyway, so you actually watched this and whole entire thing. Yes. I watched the first season and I've watched part of the first episode. So you Take talk it about away. this. Um, so if you're unfamiliar with the first season, um, this is like concert band the anime, I guess. Um, it's yeah. like a sports show, but the sport is concert band. Um, and Which that... means instead of, you know, training and doing stuff, they just play the tuba all the time. Yeah, they practice, yeah. Well, only the tuba people play the tuba. The euphonium people play the euphonium, and so on and so forth. <laughs> Thanks for the explanation, Ben. Um, so, yeah, our main character plays euphonium, um, which isn't really that important in the grand scheme of things, I guess, because really it's a show about teen drama. Yes. I think that's fair to say. It. There was lots of teen... It's um, it's a... What's, what are they called? Studio... Oh, it's uh, KyoAni, right? It's KyoAni, yeah. which is kind of surprising because KyoAni usually do kind of cutesy stuff, and it is sort of it, cutesy. Yeah. But from the first season, there was quite a lot of drama, and it it didn't get quite dark, but it went darker. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, the first season was full of drama, sort of about what was it about? I don't know. It's like there there've been a weird rift in the band where like the second years wanted to take it really seriously and like go for the national competitions. And the third is like just sort of want to laze about and uh, possibly, yeah, not that not about not right. care too much. Um, and so like loads of people left the band, and there was a lot of resolutions coming up to do with that and relationships. And everyone characters. was crying, and there were love triangles. Yeah, and... I mean, the... sort of Yuri undertones and occasionally yes. overtones. Yes. And how how does the second season match up to that? Is it more of the same? Or so it... as Ben knows, yes. um, I didn't enjoy the first season that much. Um, I thought it was incredibly pretty, because um, yes. Kyoani, um, and I like music, like the music bits were good, and as someone who was in concert band and various other bands at school, like, I guess there was a certain nostalgia there, 
like because whilst obviously a lot of it is very unrealistic and and dramatic yes um a lot of it is you know quite realistic i do understand that concert band can be quite stressful yeah yeah it can be in real life it can be and i mean i'm not gonna say that like my school entered any national competitions or anything because that's not true i'm not sure whether we even have that in the uk maybe maybe we do. probably not um but yeah there's certainly some parallels there um and season two, I actually ended up enjoying a lot more. Um, and I've been trying to put my finger on why exactly. I mean, is, is it just, is there more kind of, is there a lot of more, is it the same drama, is it the same concert band stuff and then girl drama kind of thing? It is, yeah. Like the formula is pretty much exactly the same. Um, but I think you just get more payoff, like more c- catharsis. I think I can see that because a lot of the time in the first season, I just felt like we were kind of just sort of, shimmying around and not really there was a lot of, sort of introducing itself. us to characters and them having their own like little hang-ups and then we yes. didn't really address them um and a lot of that actually sort of comes to a t in season two so there's more follow through yeah yeah exactly it. um so yeah you definitely have to have seen the first one to enjoy it okay um and there is a lot of payoff there if like me you didn't think the first season was as satisfying as maybe it could have been um, I mean, the, for, for me just so I do plan on watching the second season at some point, which is why we're not diving into more spoilery sure. things here. Um, but the reason that I didn't watch it is because the first episode is a double-length episode, which, it, you know, especially for in- the first episode of the show, can be kind of a bit hard to get into. Um, and the general theme of this first episode seemed to be, remember, you know, all the tension and all the drama that's going on before? Well, it's all fine now. <laughs> Everything's fine. Everything is perfect. And I was thinking, well, there's... Not really much left to watch about, huh. but oh yeah, to, the yeah. drama comes back for sure uh, in spades. Um, and some of it is sort of like completely new, and you're sort of like, who are these characters, and why do we care about them? Yeah. Um, but they, it does a good job of then sort of explaining that to you. Um, the big thing for me, like, and probably the sort of highlight of the season, is there's this character who's like Euphonium Senpai, basically, oh uh, who's like the third year Euphonium player. Uh, who is like the mentor, in a sense, of the main character. Um, and throughout the whole of the first season, she's just like very aloof and mysterious. Yeah. And like the, your main characters in a monologue all like, I don't know what she's thinking. And like, why is she laughing all this off and all this sort of stuff? But you'd never really delve into that at all. But then in the second season, you really get, you peek behind the curtain of like her character and you really get into that and you get some resolution. Interesting. And that's fantastic. I look forward to it. Would you say it's a great show? I would say it was a great show. Okay, there we go. Um, (laughs) We're now moving on to the first of our lightning rounds. (laughs) Lightning round. Lightning round. So uh, the the general idea here is that compared to our in-depth discussion, which we'll be getting back to after this, we're going to try and talk about one of us, well, probably with like limited interaction, we'll try and talk about a show that uh, we've watched as fast as possible. Some of these shows only one of us has watched, which is why we're doing it quickly. Yeah. So um, we're going to start off with Durarara. Durarara, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, X2 Ketsu, which is actually the fourth series. Yes. So you've got um, <laughs> some short amount of time. Some short go. amount of time, go. Okay. So um, it's the fourth series of Durarara, or My God. depending on how you count it. Um, and Durarara is like this really weird. Um, story about like weird like paranormal stuff going on within this small area of Ikebukuro in Tokyo um, lots of weird sort of like Dullahan like headless rider stuff um, and like people with like magic swords and all this sort of stuff but set against like a sort of gritty modern backdrop I guess 
um, and hijinks ensue. Uh, this is season four, so like, unless you're familiar with the previous seasons, it's probably not going to mean much to you. You probably shouldn't go and watch it. But um, should you watch it anyway? If you've seen the previous, yeah, I mean, you have to because it's the last season and it finishes the story. Okay. Um, but I will have to say that it does not do that in a satisfying way whatsoever, and I really did not enjoy. Well, I mean, I enjoy bits of it. Some of the character bits are fine, but the story's just all over the place. And one of the things Dora is famous for is like having like a lot of characters that you sort okay. of jump between their points of view. And over the course of these four series, they've just been adding more and more and more. And so at this point, like it's just completely diluted with these characters that you barely are familiar with. And you're like, I don't care about these guys as much as the ones that are in the first season. Where are they? Why aren't they having screen time? Um, and then it just sort of come. It just sort of stops. Like it's really complicated to, to keep track of all the different threads of the story and how they come together and are significant. Yeah, you're tapping your imaginary watch. Um, ah, there's, there's a lot, lot, lot for me to say. Uh, but really, it just, it's just, it's just disappointing. Being like a massive fan of the first series of Dora, just just see it go spiral downhill. It does sound from your general opinions like it's just spiraled out of, yeah, out of control. Yeah, basically it. But I mean, as someone. If you if you like your I mean you you got to watch it all I guess. Okay. Um so I watched Kono Suba mostly drunk. Uh most of the shows I will have been watching will have been mostly drunk because of the way I tend to watch things. So Kono Suba is actually you know it's stop me if we I think we've already had this one today. There's a guy who suddenly dies or something and ends up in a strange fantasy world that's like an RPG. So shock horror there. Um it's kind of supposed to be a parody of that genre and it sort of does that but then it's also it it's konosuba or konosubarashi sekai sekai ni suku fuku wo or god's blessing on this beautiful world you're using up a lot of your imaginary time limit with this yeah um it's it's kind of i mean it it, it's okay it (laughs) it makes fun of itself and but it's also at the same time just kind of shit Oh. I mean, it's sort of it, it. It's it's playing itself and saying, "Ha ha ha! Look how shit we are," but then at the same time can't stop the fact that it's still actually just shit. Yeah, that's awkward. Yeah, I mean, I think it's been quite popular and people quite enjoy it. The character designs are pretty bland. The animation is okay. It's it's okay if you want to watch it. Then, you know, just yeah, if you want, I guess. Cool. Um. Flying Witch is going to be my next one. Yeah. Um, so this is very much just like a sort of easygoing countryside slice of life type show. Um, yeah. But for the fact that there's there's a witch in there. Like there's witches. Magic is real. Does she fly? Uh, she does sometimes. Oh my God. She's not very good at it. That's, that's you know, hilarity ensues. Um, so, yeah, like this witch like gets sent out to this town to be their town witch and like complete her training as a witch. Um, but like... It's just really nice and slow pace and fun and like the characters are lovely and the art's nice and pretty and it's just like, you know, series of moderately amusing scenarios um, to do with the fact that like, you know, witchcraft is real and they've just got these weird things like there's a cafe for witches in the forest that only like witches can see and all this sort of stuff. Um, And yeah, it's, it's just really nice. Like it's one of these yashike anime like healing anime they call it um i didn't know that was a thing that's a thing um and yeah it's it's just nice to sit down and watch it's like it's it's quite funny 
Um, it's very pretty. It's just really relaxing, to be honest. Like, That's you know, you get good. home after yeah. a hard day at work. You put it on. It's, it's good. It's good it's stuff. It's good to have those shows. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Kiznaiva. We actually both watched this show. Wow. Um, did, you didn't finish it. I watched the first two, three episodes. Okay, no. Um, yeah, I actually watched all the way through. So this is by Trigger, um, who made uh, Killer Kill, and before that were part of Gainax making, you know, Pantheon Gurren, Stocking. Gurren Lagan. Gurren Lagan and people like that. So, you know, pretty high profile. The show itself is pretty stupid. Um, so basically there's this city, and then in this city there's these various assorted ragtag bunch of teenagers who get this thing that allows them to share pain between them uh and then later on share other things and feelings and that's really just the whole plot and it just kind of goes all over the place and thinks it's a lot deeper than it actually is and the character designs are just kind of really i mean the character designs are pretty good but the characters themselves are just uh sort of generic personalities and None of the plot made any sense, and stupid things kept happening for barely explained reasons, and overall I think it was just a disappointment. That's a shame. I was deliriously drunk for quite a few episodes in the <laughs> it's middle. It's probably for the best, so, to be honest, from what yeah. I saw of the first first couple episodes. Um, so going on with the uh, the trigger the trigger hour. <laughs> trigger hour. Continue minutes. the trigger theme, yeah. Uh, Space Patrol Lilico. Uchu Patrol Lilico. Yes. Um, so this is a series of shorts. So like they're like four-minute episodes, something like that. Or maybe yes. even seven. I don't know. But it was short. Um, it's basically just Trigger going completely off the rails. Trigger madness, I guess. Um, it's, it's like a balls-to-the-wall nonsense space comedy thing. Like, the pace is, like, ridiculously fast. Um, just gag after gag after ridiculous things happening on screen, explosions, etc. In classic Trigger fashion, um, basically, like this girl gets roped into joining the space police because her dad's like a member of the space police, and then he gets like frozen and like his brain gets like chopped. I, 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 I think I watched the first episode <laughs> of this at one point. Um, but it's it's actually really good fun. Like it's funny. Like there are lots of the good bits about Trigger in there. Um, okay. The animation's crazy. Just the fact that it goes so ridiculously insane is just enjoyable um, because, you know, it's not trying to maintain that over the course of a full-length series, I guess. Um, there's a weird bit in the middle where it just goes completely self-referential. Like, the characters sort of take a tour of the different Trigger universes. So, like, they have adventures in uh, Kill a Kill or in the Little Witch Academia setting, which is just really odd and jarring. That does sound really <laughs> odd and jarring. Yeah, yes. um, but for the most part, it's pretty fun. It's basically how I'd sum it up. Okay. Good fun. Um, so, last one in this lightning round. Lightning round. Uh, Qualidea Code or <laughs> Quesadilla Code or sometimes Quality Code. Never Quality Code. <laughs> Never Quality Code. Low Quality Code. Um, this is a show, it's the future... And every, all the children got frozen, and then they have to wake up, and then they're going to school in Tokyo, and they have to fight some aliens, and none of it really makes any sense, and they all have special powers that are called worlds. The powers are called worlds, I don't know why. Um, and all the characters are basically just assholes. Um, there is actually, there's one pretty good twist in the show, which I have to admit I didn't see coming. But I think it's it's A1 Animation, who generally do some pretty, you know, they, they're pretty solid overall. And the animation 
they didn't start out great, but I think when they realised the show was no one was watching the show and it wasn't going to make any money, it just went completely downhill. <sighs> oh I mean, dear. It was the one of the most barely animated shows I've seen in quite a long time. That must have been really bad because, like, I watched the first episode, and if that's the story and content that they're working with, if then the animation is a pile of trash, then yeah, no, it was just it was poor. It was just really poor, and I don't even remember what happened at the end. Uh, and I didn't even watch the last few episodes that long ago. So there you go. That's quality of code. And that that concludes our first set of lightning rounds. Lightning rounds. <laughs> so. We back can hop back depth. into the yeah the in-depth discussions for things we've both seen and or are sort of big yes. in the world of anime last year. Um, erased or... or... Boku Daki Gainaimachi, yeah. the town where only I am missing. No, the the town where only I am, right? But Inai... Boku... Inai missing? Not there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the town... Oh, yeah. The town where only I am missing. Yeah. Yeah, there you right. go. Yeah. Or, um, <laughs> as my housemate called it, the town where only I am gay. I'm not really sure where I got that from. No, I'm not sure either, but it's uh, it's stuck. So, so yeah, okay. Um, to continue, well, I say continue. A similar note to ReZero in the sense of the main yes. main character's power to... So he sort of hops between timelines. Um, and he does sort of go back and... Time to reset stuff occasionally as well. well let, 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 let's sort of set it out. So yeah. basically, the the character he is living in uh, is it two thousand five? I think. Yeah. I think there's sort of there's there's a modern day and then there's kind of a so the character's in two thousand five and he's living his life, and then strange things start to keep happening around him. Uh, and he 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 knows he has this power where he sees a butterfly. And he goes back in time, but usually it's only a matter of five minutes or something. Mm. And he knows that something's gone wrong, and he has to try and save someone. And it's really odd. And he's he's basically at this point he's sort of wasted his life, and he's working at a pizza place and writing manga. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's one of the things that possibly put me off the show is about oh, this is a show about a guy who writes manga and then goes back in time. And I thought, hmm, <laughs> author insert much, but actually that's. The writing manga has basically nothing to do with the rest of the show, so that was great. Um, but yeah, so... And then his his mother gets murdered. Yeah, yeah. So, like, previously he's just been using his bizarre power that he's got for some reason for really inconsequential things for a lot of the time. Well, like, not, not well, quite not, inconsequential. Not completely inconsequential in the sense that, I mean, yeah, he can stop people like, from getting hit by buses or whatever. And, you know, children getting kidnapped by molesters. That's true. It, it's It's... It's really inconsequential. I guess I should take that back. Yes. Um, but yeah, basically, L- his less mum... personal. <laughs> his mum gets stabbed, uh, gets murdered, basically, um, and like he's framed for it, effectively. Yes. Um, and so, just as he's about to be arrested, he sort of hurtles back in time, not just like five minutes, but what twenty years? Back to when he was eight or something. Yeah, a long, long time. Uh, which is pretty odd, um, and you know. It... Then he has to spend lots of time being an eight-year-old and making friends with all his primary school buddies. and uh, Meanwhile, also trying to work out... Because his internal monologue is still his older self, so mm. he still has all his memories from when he was older. Right? But he's trying to sort of work out... And he realises he's, he's got to find out who is kidnapping these guys. I can't remember how he realised So, that. yeah, like it basically he comes to the conclusion that the murder of his mother is linked to this case of kidnappings that was happening back when he was a child, yes. which is where he's been sent back to. 
Um, so he has to sort of work out what that connection is. And he thinks, you know, if he can solve this mystery of like just kids from his school being kidnapped and other schools, yeah. um, then he can fix what happened to his mum. So what do you like about the show? What do I like about the show? Well, you may already know this about me, Ben, but I am a big fan of the, like, things go wrong, you travel back in time to try and fix them, repeat. Are you really a big fan of that? I am. I'm, I, I'm trying to think of a good way of describing that. Good, you're a big fan of Majora's Mask, are you? Ha. Uh, funnily not, but there you go. Well, there you go. Um, you just undermined yourself. I've undermined then. myself. I, I do like that mechanic or genre or whatever it is um that that is that entails um so i really liked most of the show is what i'm gonna say um there was a lot of intrigue uh that was done really well the pacing was really interesting and the way it sort of occasionally hopped back to the present to see sort of what was going on there um and a lot of it's quite sinister as well it's quite dark compared to the it, tone of some of the bits. It worked. The The sinister elements came in quite well because you had the sort of the childish innocence and then you work that together with some of the darker moments and you're thinking, oh, right, people are actually going to die. Yeah, the character yeah. doesn't get this right. And meanwhile, you know, he's an eight-year-old kid, so it's, he's suddenly thinking, I can't really do anything. I've sort mm. of, I'm quite powerless, so he has to be creative. Um, I like the animation. Yeah. I mean, the, the character designs, the animation is pretty good, apart from his mum, who looked slightly odd. Yeah, just her lips, wasn't it? <laughs> her lips were just... <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? I don't know. It's um, like Angelina Jolie lips in anime form. Yes, maybe too much Botox or whatever maybe, it is. Yeah. Um, but And also, whenever they go back in time, it goes into a cinemascope yeah. for some reason, yeah. which was always interesting, except the... the yes, so... Yeah, there's lots of cinemascope. It's pretty strange. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't make great use of my TV, I have to <sighs> say. And it also has, like, some quite funny moments as well, I think yeah. it's safe to say. Like, particularly when, you know, it's mind of a 30-year-old man or whatever in an 8-year-old's body, and occasionally some of the stuff he sort of accidentally says out loud. and that's sort of so, stuff. Some of the funny moments are also quite sort of poignant as well, mm. when just sort of taken in context, you say, oh, that's funny, but oh no, everyone's going to die. How sad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there, there's there's that. Tonal. And there's sort of it's nice to have some because you get so many anime that focus on you know high school and everyone being miserable. So having something with sort of younger and more innocent children where you know things are simpler, that's nice. Yeah, and, and also you, at the same time older and the stakes are higher. Yeah, and, and you've got that complexity going on there as well. So yeah. I think um, so, but I think we we both ended up kind of not we've talked a lot of positivity about the show and it's actually it's been really popular but i think we both end up kind of not liking it because it just sort of dragged a bit down at the end yeah um i think this is a universal opinion like we you can't claim to be particularly original on this but the ending was just abysmal it was just it was just bad i don't remember it being abysmal i just remember it being sort of confusing and sort of not really well i mean i'm not really i'm not great. gonna spoil anything um but like the way the whole show's been going on, like, it's sort of been hopping between these two frames of reference in time, and, like, it's just been this amazing, like, mystery with, like, cliffhangers every week, yeah. and it's, like, played out really well. And then there's sort of a climactic event, like, sort of in the past. Um, and then something really weird happens, and you're in a completely oh, yes. different... No, yes, I, completely I different now. scenario for the last, like, episode or two. Um, yeah. 
and you're like, why, why have they done this? This is like so different to everything that's happened before. And like, there's got to be, there's got to be some kind of significance to what why this is happening. And then there just isn't. Like, there doesn't appear to yeah. any any real reason. You don't really get the payoff for all that weirdness. No, and it just sort of stops. And like, there isn't a satisfying conclusion. Well, talking of no satisfying conclusions, should we talk about Gate season two? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess we probably should. Though I, I do want to say, like, Erased was an incredible show up until... It was. I, I, it was a really good show. I really enjoyed it. And then it sort of, yeah, it 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 faded. Faded yeah. out. I'm not sure what it would be like watching now, sort of, if you could watch it all in one go. Because a lot of it was all about those cliffhangers, like, every week. Yeah, I do feel a lot of shows... I know you get a lot of... I, I complain about this a lot, but lots of these Netflix shows, these kids of today, they're used to getting shows, you know, all in one go. I think there's a lot to be said for the sort of the weekly serialised show. I think you mm. get... I mean, you know, even just with, say, Game of Thrones, you get people saying, oh, I wonder what'll happen next week. Mm even for people who've read the books and things like that, saying, oh, what if that's next week? But when you can just watch the whole thing all in one go, you say, oh, what? You've only watched up to episode 12. <laughs> well, I watched all of them last night when it came out. And you think, well, it's just... You lose all that tension. Yeah, I think that the weekly release allows the community, exactly as you yeah. say, to build, and so people aren't at different stages. And... Yeah, and I think it allows you to sort of make a, a stronger narrative, I think, because you can sort of be... I, I like to have a sort of a bit of a sort of subplot every week, even if there's an overarching story. I want sort of one thing to a little contained each week. bit, yeah. yeah. And I think that that's that's something I always like to see in a show, and you see that less and less these days. It's true. Anyway, um, Gate Two. Gate Two. Gate so two. this is the sequel to Gate. Yeah, there is a full Ga- Japanese Ga- name. Gate, and so the Japanese. And so self- the Japanese Self Defense Force fought. Yeah, I can't remember what the actual Japanese title is. Jietachi... Jietai something. Let's not bother. Yeah. Um, So this was the sequel to the... So what was happening is that you're in Japan and the the main guy is a... uh, He's he's a captain? He's quite low-ranked initially, isn't he? He starts out as a lieutenant, I think, and then he possibly gets I thought he got promoted to lieutenant. Oh, I don't remember now. Yeah, he's like a captain or a sergeant or something in the self-defense. Yes. And then this sort of weird gate opens up in the middle of Tokyo. And then it turns out to be a portal into another world, which is full of high fantasy and magic and dragons and elves and, you know... All, and like all, all, a pseudo-Roman all... Empire type. Yes. And then there's sort of a, a, a vague invasion into Japan, which gets quashed pretty quickly. Yeah. And the Japanese decide to go back in and say, fuck you, we've got tanks. So there's lots of, so you get that combination. You get the, uh, you get the um, the the military kind of fetishism. You get the elves. You get the cat girls. It's just covering all the bases. It is just like otaku bait, basically. Yes. And and the main character himself, despite being like an army sergeant or whatever, is also an otaku. Yes. So you know, it's but. Despite that, the first season, I'd say, was pretty well made. Surprisingly good, I guess is how I'd describe it. It had some pretty great moments in it. It was entertaining. Um, And I think you might disagree here. I really didn't (laughs) think the second season lived up to that at all. It was just really stupid. It was all over the place. Uh, I... It just wasn't memorable. The characters that were good before just kind of started to do nothing. 
there was lots of weird politics going on mm. that wasn't interesting to watch. I mean, I, it just it was just it wasn't you know enthralling or interesting for me anymore. I, I see like entirely where you're coming from, um, and I definitely agree that it doesn't live up to the first season. I think it's still. I still enjoyed it going through mm. for the most part. I mean, yeah, there definitely were dips in quality uh, and it is quite different in tone to the first season. And in fact, very different to itself in tone throughout. Like it, it does a lot of weird shifts. So like at one point you'll be having sort of moey moey rolling around fun time type stuff. Yes. And then there's like literally in the, I think the first episode, there's like a rape scene. Oh yeah. That's which just really just... odd. Yeah, it was just bizarre because it's yeah. not even like that kind of show. No, not not at all. Comes out of nowhere. And then even the story is like it sort of jumps between, as you say, like political machinations, which are a bit mm. weird and maybe less exciting to watch, but yes. also sort of help with the world building. I found. Um, and then there's like dragon hunting on yes. another side. Um, so yeah, it it does jump all over the place, and it does suffer from, I guess, sort of the Durarara thing of there are a lot a lot of characters mm. now. And it possibly focused on some of the less interesting ones more. Do you think if there's a season three that you'd watch it? I think I would. Okay. Which possibly not for you by the sounds of things. I mean, I might watch it just because it's something to watch. And, you know, it, as I said, it was still, you know, it's still competent. Mm. It just wasn't really good. It was well made and well animated. It was just. I I, I can agree with that. Um... The execution was good, but the subject matter, I felt, let (laughs) it down. That's, that's that's probably a fair assessment. Um, I think it's quite different to a lot of other things that are out yeah. there. Um, different whilst also being quite comfortably the same. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's got a lot of familiar elements in terms of the military bits and the transported to a fantasy world bits, etc. Um, but the sort of combination of a lot of those different elements mm. is quite unique. And as you say, the fact that the Japanese are literally just able to roll over like these new fantasy people with their tanks yeah. is quite refreshing, I guess, because it makes sense. But also, you know, that's also there just kind of to appeal to the, the military attackers who want to say, man, our military is so great, <laughs> look at all our power. It is, but at the same time, the bits with the SDF where they like really like let loose and like do their sort of full-on assaults with like helicopters and jets and all this sort of stuff is some of the, some of the best moments in the show. That's true. There was... Uh... There was some Ride of the Valkyries that was pretty good. Oh, that was top quality. That was first season, though, I think. That was the first season. So the second <laughs> season is just inferior in every way. Um, so, yeah, I mean, overall, me on my part. Yeah, you think that's, was... that's, that's fair. I mean, I enjoyed it, but I, I'm not going to claim that it's a bastion of filmmaking. Okay. <laughs> so, Seco Boys. <laughs> I think we both loved this one. Speaking of bastions of filmmaking. Um, so the premise is... There is, I guess the protagonist is a lady who works at an idol agency. Yeah. Um, and she has been put in charge of this group of idols called Seco Boys. That's yes. what they're called, isn't it? Um, but rather than a traditional idol group, as you might expect, yes. Uh, the they are stone busts. Yes, actual literal stone literal busts. Stone well, they're busts. not actually stone, they're plaster. Are they plaster? They're plaster versions of, you know, famous statues. So you've got... you've got St. George. You've got St. George. You've got Mars. Mars. Bringer of War. Um, um, Hermes. Hermes. And uh, who's the last one? Some, you know, Healy guy. I can't remember now. This is awful. It is awful. I, I, I feel like was, it might begin with F. I think he was the worst one anyway. Yeah, definitely. But um, 
St. George was easily the best one because he just has this just ridiculous face. So the, these are actually, the, 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 the actual busts aren't animated. No, they are literally just inanimate they're, objects. They're That's just what inanimate they objects. So it sort of, it takes, it took me a few episodes to kind of get used to hearing which voice was coming from which bust because you can't see their mouths moving mm. to work that out. But it's, and because it, it's just taken from what the real life statues actually look like so especially st george just has this ridiculous face which just looks like oh god not this shit again it is brilliant which is apparently the face he just always makes when he's fighting dragons if you actually go and find any pictures of st george fighting dragons he's always got this not fucking dragons again face but the great thing is like they sort of draw on that and how ridiculous that is to sort of build on his character for the show and i mean the I'd say they were actually all surprisingly well characterized. <laughs> I don't want to say well fleshed out because no, that, that would just... be a hilarious joke that I just made. It would. Um... And we, we're not about that on this show. <laughs> no. Uh, but yeah, they, they, they do have their own character elements. Um, and it, it's just funny. I mean, the scenario is inherently amusing. Yes. Like it's a bunch of stone sta- statues like in an idol group. And the whole point is it's played completely straight pretty much. Mm. Like... They have flocks of fans coming out to see them, and like, there's no difference of them sort of cheering on the Seco boys. There are like an actual real life idol yeah. right next to them. I think we, we we start out by kind of focusing on each of the each of the Seco boys in turn, yeah, and then we kind of move on to some wider ranging. We have to say this is a it's a ten minute show. Yeah, eight eight minutes. Maybe? Eight minutes. So it, it's not a huge time investment, no. and it's I think twelve episodes or yeah. eleven episodes. Yeah, something like that. Uh, so again, not a huge time investment, but it was it was really entertaining. It was. I think if it was longer, it probably would have the joke probably would have worn thin. But would have got a bit stale. I at think, the length yeah. that it was, it was really entertaining, and also had probably the best ending of the whole year. <laughs> I'd say it was a top quality ending. It was great. Um, it didn't actually have an opening song because of its length, but the ending is you know absolutely fantastic. Definitely worth checking out. I think. It's Definitely safe worth to say. checking out. Um, so then, uh, Ace of the Diamond, oh. Diamond No Ace. Season two. This was it was sort of the the latter part of Diamond No Ace, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. What do you mean? <laughs> As in, it was Diamond No Ace season two, and then it was sort of the second half of it. I think. Oh, you mean in terms year. of what happened last year? Yeah, yes. yeah, I think so. I think it did start in 2015, season yes. two. Yeah. So this is only tangentially 2016. Well. But Mike wants to talk about it anyway because he loves <laughs> Ace of Diamond. I love I love Diamond No Ace. It's like one of my favorite things of recent so, times um you, do you want to give a quick rundown of the overall uh the plot the plot well just give us an overall overview of the show okay and then talk about what was going on in, in this the second part season. of the show because yeah, i've sense. slightly forgotten sure yeah no worries um so basically there's this kid um who likes baseball um but he's like in some backwater town and like his base his school baseball team is like rubbish including yes. him yes really um, he tries very hard. Yeah, he tries really hard in classic shonen fashion. Mm. Um, and then, like at one of his games, where they're they're still like they're losing horribly, they're not very good. Um, there just happens to be a scout for like a big Tokyo baseball school mm. there, um, and she sees him throw because he's a pitcher. Yes, um, pitcher is someone who throws the ball in baseball. Thanks, Ben. Um, and like she sees this potential in him i guess to be like this amazing picture somehow because yes. she's like some superpower coach i don't know scout yes um it's a well-known thing that co- coaches can like see the numbers on people's <laughs> body parts yes like in kuro Konobasuke. Yes. um so basically long story short he ends up going to this superpowered school in tokyo yes um it's like a residential baseball school basically yes um 
where he like basically sets his goal to become the team ace, like their best pitcher. Um, but like the sort of reality strikes that he's actually not very good at baseball, mm. and everyone else there is. Yes. So he doesn't really get to play so much. Yes, but I mean the the, I mean there's lots of development from there. So he oh, yeah. you know he does lots of there's lots of montage work and uh, <laughs> getting better all lots the time. Lots of running around after dark, dragging a tire with or him. two tires or two tires or three tires. Yeah. Um, but you know it's a great. I, I remember just just from the overall show, it took me a while to get into it. I remember yes. the first sort of maybe ten or so episodes. I was thinking, eh, is Mike really right about the show? But actually, once it got going, it really got going, and I got very into it. And it was actually, I think some sports shows can suffer from being a bit slow, and especially mm. baseball, which is kind of can be quite a slow thing. But I think it sort of kept ticking over at a reasonable pace. Yes, yeah. so. I mean. Obviously, the moral of the story there is Mike is always right. Yes. But, yeah, it definitely has a slow start, um, particularly because at the beginning, the protagonist, Sawamura, is not particularly likable, yeah. I'd say. Like, he's quite an annoying, sort of loud, shonen brat-type yes. character um, who then, like, grows a lot over the course of the show. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, the, the story, I guess, is, you know, classic sports thing. The team want to, like, enter yes. these tournaments and they want to win. They want to win yeah. nationals. Um, but it, it's, it's really well done. I yes. mean, it, it's Madhouse and production... And production IG. Yeah, who are basically, you know, <laughs> the best guys. Yeah, teaming up for the Super Baseball anime. So that that's... Uh, I mean, is, is there anything particularly you want to say about Season 2? So, Season 2... Right, so basically it starts... The end of Season 1, without wanting to spoil too much, I guess, like, they have a bit of a disappointment. Yes. Um, And, like, it's sort of the main character's fault, in a sense... Um, at least he thinks it is. Um, and so at the start of the second season, he's basically like crippled himself with what they call the yips, the which yipsy. I guess might might be a term you're familiar with if you like American sports, maybe. Uh, but basically he's sort of like mentally broken. He's like got baseball trauma, so yes. he can't like perform really anymore. Kind of like the character in ReZero, only not so much of a little bitch. Yeah, yeah, he's he's lovable. He's he's a, he's a great guy. Yeah, he is. Um, and so like a a lot of the first part of the series is him sort of recovering from that and learning to be able to like pitch pitch again, getting his confidence back and learning new skills to get around that, which is initially quite painful to watch to yeah. be honest. Um, but then quite rewarding when that eventually. Yeah, I think that's again because we've talked a lot about shows not quite having a payoff. I mm. feel like. Ace of Diamond, one of the things it does really well is it does always get that payoff. Yeah. I mean, whenever you sort of, you see... Because it has these, the, the baseball games in the show are played over quite a few episodes. And you know when you see, like, when you see certain characters come up to the plate or, you know, get going to the bowling mound, you think, man, this is going to be awesome. Yeah. And then it always is. Yeah. I mean, no, no matter what happens, it's always <laughs> awesome. It's true, it's true, yeah. And that's, I think, that's just a really... You get so many shows which sort of try to subvert your expectations mm. and go, whoa, you didn't expect us to do this. And you go, well, yeah, but now that's just not good. It's just really solid. Like, yeah. I don't really know how else to describe it, to be honest. Like, the, char- the cast of characters is amazing. Mm. Like, despite being really large, like, because they have loads of baseball teams and they all have yeah. different players, like, they're all quite fleshed out. Yeah. Um, particularly, obviously, the main team. Um, and they're all quite likable. Like, yes. I think at some point or other throughout the entirety of both seasons... I found myself rooting for like every team, yeah. which you don't usually apart from get. maybe the the really fat team. The really, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, 
I didn't like them. That's that's fair, to be honest. They were sort of throwaway, I guess. I do tend to find that, and I found this watching a lot of shows, that if you have sort of, when you have bad guys that are still kind of likable, I think that makes it a more interesting show. Definitely. When you've got some reason to root for the bad guys, rather than, you know, having, when you have bad guys that are sort of to- totally evil and then they're just sort of, you know, when when you get that shonen thing where you have the evil guy and he's like, yeah, ha, ha, I'm so evil. And the yeah. good guys would throw everything at him and he's like, yeah, ha, ha, you can't scratch me. Which and that's is, just frustrating. It's frustrating and it's ridiculous in a sports context. Yeah. Uh, which is sort of the case in like Kuroko with like Haizaki or whatever. Yeah. Um, but in this, like, they aren't evil. Yes. Like, they're just opponents. And yes. the thing is, like, they all have that shared goal of they all yeah. want to get to nationals like and they have different motivations like there's one team who's got like uh their manager is a guy who used to be like their star player but then like he broke his legs or whatever and now he's in a wheelchair and now the rest of the team just want to like play their best for him or whatever oh yeah it's like like everyone has their own different motivations they all have the same goal and they're all like just trying really really hard and Mm. there's something magical about that we'll probably come back to the show later on we compare it to a uh another sports show (laughs) but we'll uh we'll leave that for later so um, would you say it's a great show? I would say it was beyond great. I think, all I, because the way that the second season ended, there was a sort of big skip, and it sort of, you weren't really sure what it's was going on It's a weird ending. And you're thinking, is there going to be a third season? I really hope there is, but then when is it going to start up? But it's not like the end of the season is like unsatisfactory. It's just literally the final episode. Yeah. Just the, that episode does something really sort no, of the, odd. The, the, the ending wasn't bad. It was just the way that the yeah. sort of... It was sort of almost the epilogue. That yeah, was yeah, hard. exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was, a, it was definitely a great show. And uh, I More think, as I, as I say, you know, it, it might take a while to get going. Once it gets going, it's great. Um, so let's go back to the lightning round. Lightning round. I like how you're picking up on that. <laughs> um, so you're starting out, we're doing, uh, is it Kimi no Namai? Kimi no Nawa. Nawa. Or your name, as you'll probably know it as. Which apparently um, is really popular. It is never super heard of it. duper massively popular. It has just become the highest grossing anime film in the world. Oh, it's a film. It's a film. Okay. Um, it's Makoto Shinkai. Yes. Um, so of five centimeters per second, uh, Place Promise in Your Early Days, uh, Voices of a Distant Star, Garden of Words, Fame. I've heard of one of those. Oh, there you go. I'm not big on anime films. Most of <laughs> they tend to be really kind of artsy and up themselves i mean is this film artsy enough itself less so than its previous work basically this is and like it's sort of shown by the fact that it's done ridiculously well it's makoto shingai who has historically been i don't want to say historically and historically artistic enough himself um because i quite like some of his stuff mm-hmm. and it's quite thought-provoking and it's yeah. very very pretty is one thing that his work always is yeah um but now he's sort of I think it's just been given funding by a very big like production company or something to make this, and as a result, has been brought very much towards the mainstream in terms of the story that he's telling. Um, so one big change about that is the fact that it has like a sort of happy ending, which nice. it, most of his other things just no. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers. Um, and like the progression is very mainstream, and in fact, the whole, the central sort of plot device. Um, I haven't really spoken about the story yet, but the the plot device is like a sort of body swapping type thing, okay. which if you're a fan of anime, obviously you've seen a million times before. Yes. Um, but he does it in a sort of interesting way. I say sort of. It, it, it's 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 a genuinely good film. Okay. Um, 
I'm reference? supposed to be lightning. This yeah. is yeah. I, You're I not like, lightning very fast. Yeah, I, I, I'm like I, I should be saying more about this. It's like actually I should be saying a lot less. Um, basically, it's a very solid film. It's a lot more mainstream than a lot of Shinkai's previous work. Um, it's v- very enjoyable. It's actually still on in a lot of cinemas if you can get out and see it. Um, okay. And whilst it's not as good as five, centi- five centimeters per second in my view, um, it's the closest that any of his other things have got to it. I think. Okay, so I'm going to talk about Drifters, which was a. Uh, it was made by the people who made. Um, I've completely forgotten what it's called. Uh, Helsing. Helsing. Yes, lots of the team that made Helsing on it. Apparently, uh, it's got a very interesting art style, sort of lots of line work. Um, basically, what you know. Okay, this is it's a slight reverse. Well, not not really reversal. Basically, there's some guys who then end up going into a strange fantasy world. But wait, <laughs> okay, there's more. <laughs> they're not just regular otaku guys. They're basically guys from Earth history mm-hmm. who've been stuck into this fantasy world. Mostly Japanese historical guys because it's a Japanese show. But then occasionally there's Joan of Arc and it's a re- weird some mix, other isn't people. It? There's the um, uh, Princess there's, Anastasia and stuff. There's like Hannibal and uh, Scipio. Yeah, they're there as well. But there's lots of Japanese people, and a lot of it is just saying, wow, look how great all these Japanese historical people are compared to everyone else. Uh, but So obviously Oda Nobunaga's there. Yes, Oda Nobunaga's definitely there. And uh, another guy who's the main guy, whose name I've completely forgotten. Uh, Shimazu Toyohisa. I'm glad I've got my co-host here to remember <laughs> all this stuff for the show that he barely watched. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's a, it's an odd show because what happens is there's sort of, there's two, there's this fantasy world where there's a sort of war going on and then there's these characters brought in from earth history on each side and they're, they have basically superpowers and they're fighting each other. I mean, technically I think they're supposed to just have the powers of whatever they had on earth, but now they seem to be even more powerful Mm. compared to everyone else. Because it's anime and it has to be exciting. Yes. So uh, you have the drifters on one side and then you have the bad guys and the the ends on the other side, I think. Yep. And there's some interesting battles and the animation is quite... The the animation is well done, but I wouldn't say it's pretty because some of it's sort of... It's It's very gory, It's a bit too gritty. It's extremely gory. I mean, people are getting their heads cut off all the time. And there's a big problem with tone because people will get... Like, six people will get their heads cut off and then it'll just go into this different animation style where everything is sort of slapstick and strange and they'll just start making jokes. Except they won't be... They'll just be strange Japanese jokes and they won't even really be funny. Mm. And then some more guys will get their heads cut off and then there's a whole, like, dungeon full of elf women that are being raped. That happened. Oh, okay. And then some more people die and then they'll make jokes. And it's just back and forth and it can't... It's just really jarring. I don't mind it sort of having different, having jokes and having serious times. As we've discussed, other shows can do that. But this was just so all over the place with it. And it just went on and there's there's some sort of, again, there's some military strategic stuff. But a lot of it was just saying, wow, look how great Japan is. And it was just, yeah, I mean, it's pretty good. Um, I don't know that it was great, but it was, it was okay. Watchable. Watchable. Real life. Relife. That's an interesting one. Um, in the sense that, going back to like the sort of discussion we had earlier about episodic releases, this was all released at the same time on, oh, really? on Crunchyroll, and possibly in Japan as well. I'm not sure exactly how it went down. Um, I didn't realise that. Yeah. Uh, I didn't relife. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> um, 
So the story is there's a guy in his like twenties, thirties, I don't know, something like that. Um, young adult, I guess, uh, who has had not a great time since like leaving school. Basically, he got a job, like a graduate job type thing. Not bad. I'd got that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then like he basically quit within like three months. Sort of thing. I didn't do that. Um, and the reasons for that are explained in the show, and I won't go into them. Um, but as a result, like no one has been, able, no one's hired him since because it's like, oh, you, you have no staying power. Like you gave up after like three months in the real world or whatever this sort yes. of stuff. Um, so he's basically become this sort of deadbeat who's like constantly going to interviews and like getting rejected and this sort of stuff. Um, and he gets approached by this company who are like, we run this program where we send people who are struggling with like the real world back into high school effectively to try and like build up social skills and stuff to then sort of re-assimilate i was about to say i quite like shows that actually tend to involve young adults instead of people in high school (laughs) but then you just had to just yeah bring it back it's it's because it's anime it had to be um i hate high school so basically like he takes this pill that like physically sort of alters his body so it becomes like a high schooler's effectively and then they re-enroll him at this this school um and then the idea is he's supposed to like well, the amount that he interacts with people, etc., is like up to him. But he's supposed to just become more of a real human being, effectively. He's supposed to relive his his broken childhood. Yeah, and become employable. Okay. Um, like I think he's given the promise of he can work at the company that's doing this for him if he's like doesn't make a mess of it. I guess. Well, there you go. Um, so then the oh, I'm, I'm speaking really long on the lighting. I, I I did this for, for yeah. Drifters we, too. we we need to we need to speed this You've up. You've got thirty seconds. <laughs> oh no. Um. So basically, like. What it actually ends up being is like a sort of high school drama type thing, but he's not even a central character. Like it's seeing what the people around him are doing and like their problems because they're not the problems of like a 30 year old man in like an 18 year old's body, etc. And like that's not really what you expect from hearing the synopsis, but it's actually surprisingly good. Like it's a solid school drama, like probably one of the better ones I've seen in a long time. Interesting. Um, Which surprised me. Uh, and I think in this case actually did benefit from being released all at the same time. And okay. I quite enjoyed watching it through because it doesn't have that sort of payoff episode yeah. by episode structure. Um, but it just forms a nice whole. Again, it's like a sort of almost slice of lifey thing, but also surprisingly yeah. dramatic. I will say there are definitely some things that benefit from being marathon compared to... Cause some things, if you, if you watch them week by week, you'll sort of lose interest. Mm. Whereas if you watch them all in one go, that can be beneficial. Anyway. Yeah, so what I'll say is, yeah, it's, it's decent. It's worth a watch. Okay. Tonkatsu DJ Agataro. <laughs> this show I watched mostly because it was called Tonkatsu DJ Agataro. Um, it's about a boy called Agataro who work. His parents run a uh, tonkatsu shop in Japan, in Shibuya, I think. And uh, he wants to, he decides he wants to become, he, he goes to a club one night and decides he wants to become a DJ because DJs get all the women. Um, it's a sort of half length, I think it's a 12 minute show. Um, it's got quite basic animation. It's by Dean, who actually made some pretty great shows this year, surprisingly. And uh, yeah, it's just this, it, it's got terrible music. The animation's not great. And I, but I just found it really charming. It's just about this boy, and I learned a lot about making tonkatsu. And, and DJing? A small amount about DJing. 
and he meets all these weird DJ friends and has DJ fun and there's DJ oily and they go to Lard City and there's lots of tonkatsu puns and I mean I just it's it's not objectively good but I really enjoyed it. I I, I just want to clarify like doesn't he sort of get discovered? He doesn't discover the link between DJing and tonkatsu. Um, because, like, the way that they chop the cabbage is like... Oh, no, 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 that's an ongoing thing. The relationship between (laughs) DJing and making tonkatsu, that's, like, that's the core part of the show. It's, like, every episode he realises something about tonkatsu that's kind... So one time they sort of... He goes out and eats this slow-cooked tonkatsu and then realises that sometimes you need a, like, slow, deep beat to, you know, (laughs) mellow out the crowd. And it's stuff it's, like it's, that. It's, it's deep. It's deep. It's deep. Anyway, okay. 91 Days. 91 Days. Um, I watched Ben watched some of. I watched a couple of episodes of yeah. it. Basically, it's a very typical, like, mafia revenge story thing. Uh, That's the ter- impression I got. In terms of the plot, there's not much more to it than that. Like, you, you, you've seen Godfather, you've seen Goodfellas, etc. Like, you've probably got most of it already. Um, which... On the one hand, it's pretty disappointing because, like, it's, it is very unoriginal. Like, it doesn't mm. do anything new, really. But at the same time, it is quite fresh because you haven't really seen that in anime before. At least I haven't. Yeah. No, so it was, it was quite different in that sense. Like, it's got this sort of prohibition era, I think, like, Illinois setting, um, which is, yeah, it's, it's very different. And it's adults, like, not high school. Um, so it's got that going for it. Um, but, yeah, the story's quite yeah you can predict everything that's going to happen really but at the same time it's still got that ride like it keeps you going there's some cliffhangers in a sense um and it's just cool like mob okay stuff so like if you're into that then you'll like the show if not then probably so then so give it a miss. You, yeah okay so then we go on to uh mayoiga mayoiga or the lost AKA village the lost village which i watched one episode of and thought <laughs> looked terrible mike apparently watched all i watched of it. all like 13 episodes of and also thought so terrible i mean like... I ju- ju- i'll just say what i thought from the first episode i watched it and i thought man these characters all just look really stereotypical and awful and basically what's happening is that and you'll maybe be able to correct me on this i remember there was um there's all these various people who meet up and want to go and live in this village that's a sort of secret village mm. that's supposed to be a haven from the real world or something yeah. like that. And uh, they all get on this bus to go to this village somewhere and they're all, you know, bizarre archetypes. Mm. And it's just awful. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good summary of the show. Um, I, I'm not going to go into the, the story such as it is. Basically, they just try and cram as many sort of like horror-y tropes into there as possible, and they How have is this. It supposed to be a horror anime. I think it's supposed to be like a psychological horror anime, but it is hard to pin that down. I thought it was just a stupid anime. It's sort of like a comedy, depending okay. on how you watch it. Um, but it's just got the most awful writing imaginable, and the most awful characters imaginable, and like nothing makes sense. Like, they try and build up these strings, but it's just incomprehensible and, like, self-contradictory just, like, all the time, and none of the motivations make sense, and, like, the ending is just such the worst, like, non-event in the history of everything. Ah, so... So you're going to say give it a miss? I'm going to say... If you really have nothing else to do, it might be good for a laugh. But other than that... That's high praise. Give it a miss. (laughs) Okay, back to some in-depth stuff Whoa. um 
We're now getting onto shows that I haven't. Well, th- this first show is one that I actually haven't seen, but Mike has. But it was a very popular show. It's uh, Yuri on Ice. Yuri on Ice. Nothing to do with lesbians, I don't think. Nothing to do with lesbians. In Which fact, is disappointing. Much more to do with gays. Yes, really gay. Yeah. Um, so, technically, this probably should be a lightning round in the sense that I've seen it and Ben hasn't. But like, it's, it's so just big. so big, and. There's just so much that I want to say that I'm not going to say all of it. Uh, that yeah, it warrants a bit more discussion. I yeah. guess I say discussion. It might just be me talking. Um, so the show is um, there's this Japanese ice skater called Yuri. Sure. Um, I thought he was Russian, but no. there is also a Russian skater called Yuri. Oh, okay. <laughs> but that's getting ahead of ourselves. So he's basically like he gets stage fright. In a sense, like he's a really good skater, mm. but like he's and he's consistently getting through to like these major finals, but then he just like flobs it on the day and like loses basically. And so he's at this sort of turning point in his career where everyone's saying like, oh, he's not going to amount to anything. He's getting quite old for a skater, even though he's only like twenty two or something stupid. Um, and he's like, can I keep doing this? Am I ever going to like be successful? Um, and so he basically like goes home to Japan to take stock of his life and eats a lot of katsudon. And like it's pretty cool. That's my favorite. It's relatable, (laughs) Um, but like he still likes skating, and so he there's like this video that he takes of himself performing a routine of like the world's number one figure skater, who's Russian. He's Victor. I can't remember his last name. Something of. Yeah, (laughs) I'll I'll take your word on that. Um, And basically, like this Victor guy, like sees the video online because it like. It goes viral or whatever in the figure skating world. Um, and Which he, is huge, obviously. Yeah, and he decides to become his coach um, okay. because he's quite an eccentric, basically, and he likes surprising people, and that's what he did. Uh, like, he quit skating, he became this guy's coach. Um, and so the show, in the in a broad stroke, is basically a sports show in which like he competes in ice skating competitions to try and be best ice skate guy in the world. Okay. Um, and like so there's like a selection of mini tournaments and various other things but I mean yeah I mean that's that's the story basically but it does it in a sort of interesting way in the sense that it's very character driven like it's all about the growth of this main Yuri also Russian Yuri who's Victor's brother also oh Victor himself yeah um, there's a lot of tension there and also like quite a rich cast of like side characters uh who are like the different nationality skaters so there's like a thai 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 skater there's like a spanish skater and there's a korean skater all this um and they're all given quite a lot of screen time like they have their own like sort of motivations and like hang-ups etc um which is quite different to a lot of other sports shows where like they would probably just like they'd appear they'd do their thing they get beaten they'd get left at the side of the road sort of thing Mm. um so that that's quite refreshing um and the big thing that has made it, well, part of what's made it massive is, like, the sort of relationship between Yuri and Victor is basically, like, it's openly gay relationship, basically. Right. Which doesn't happen that often in, like, mainstream anime. Let's put it that way. I mean, so, there's, so, like... So, actually gay gay. Like, actually gay gay. Okay, um, not just fan gay gay. Well, that's, that's the thing. This is where I sort of have to rain on everyone's parade a little because, like, this show has blown up and it's got a lot of people talking. It's like, finally, like, there's a canon gay couple. Um, like, you know, this has never been done before. This is amazing. But 
at least in my eyes, as someone who watches a lot of anime, including like some of the more questionable like female male fan service like anime, that doesn't really make sense, but you know what I mean. Yes, no, no, um, really. like it really doesn't do much to differentiate their relationship from like a fake fan servicey relationship in like one of those other shows. Like they're just not they're not bold enough with what happens. Like at one point there's like a kiss um, when, like, Yuri comes back from, like, performing really well, and Victor's like, oh, I didn't know how to surprise you, like, as much as you just surprised me with that amazing performance, and, like, he kisses him, and it's like, but it wasn't particularly romantic, and they just sort of laugh it off in the same way as, like, that would happen in any other show. And, like, even when they're out and about, like, they have all these sort of, like, hints at, like, a proper relationship that they have, these, like, promise ring type things. What? But, like, they're not actually promise rings. Well, depending on how you view it, I guess. Um, Yuri's like, oh, I wanted to, like, give you a present to commemorate, uh, like, this coach-student relationship or whatever that we have. And then, like, everyone who's watching is like, oh, my God, they're getting married. And, And, like, they make jokes about that in the show, but they never go far enough to sort of establish the fact that it is a real thing. So what you're saying is that it's a pretty gay show, but it's not gay enough for your taste. <laughs> like, that's sort of what I'm saying. And I don't I don't want to re- annoy people, because like, at the same time, I do believe that it actually is like a proper relationship. Yes. And I think that's what they're going for. But I think they were just too, like, afraid, I guess. Because I think particularly maybe if they were trying to hit the Japanese mainstream market, then that might be problematic. I'm not sure. I mean, to be honest, when it... When are relationships ever depicted properly in anime? Well, that, that's, ever. that's fair. That's fair. And If you're lucky, you might get the two characters who you want to get <laughs> together maybe getting together at the very end of the last episode. Yeah. Other than that, never. Yeah, I don't, I don't really want to rant about it too much. But, like, the relationships, apart from that main one, are some of the best things about the show. And, like, there are some that are incredibly well done. And even their relationship is very good to sort of see their interactions once mm. it's been established. But, like... it they don't create it in a believable way. Like, okay. It doesn't start out. But like, I don't, I don't want to just rant about this because obviously you haven't seen it. I think you should see it because going away from that point a fair bit, um, it's just surprisingly amazing. Like the mark of a good sports show is like you care a lot about it despite like not caring about the sport at all and knowing yes. nothing about it. Obviously, I do not know anything about figure skating. I still don't really, despite having watched the anime. Um, but it was just really enjoyable and you're really into it. And you're like, you want to see them do well. Um, and the animation, like, there's something sort of enchanting about it, um, yes. something captivating about it. It's not, like, the best. Like, it's quite rough and blobby in some places, and they reuse a lot of it, but something about it with the way it's very fluid and, like, it just works really well with the skating sort of scenario. Um, okay. It's Mappa doing yeah. the show. Um, I, it's hard to describe, but it's, it's, it's definitely worth a look if you haven't, okay. haven't seen it. And for everyone who's already seen it, and I've like sort of hated on your yeah. like I don't hate it. I want to I want to make that clear. Like I really like it. It's one of my favourite shows of last year. But there are issues with it that okay. No, I think that sounds, aren't that addressed. Sounds fair. Uh, Sorry, we're, we're coming up. On, well, <laughs> we, we've gone past one one hour forty minutes, so we should probably start to uh, power through these a bit faster. So, Joker Game is a is a show that uh, I watched all of, and you watched some of. About four or five episodes. So um, it's uh, it's by Production IG, who make great shows. They do. It's got a great opening with cards in it. It does. Really enjoyed that. Um, and it's about spies, basically. It's about Japanese spies in Japan and also in other countries doing things. And, you know, it's um, it's got lots of interesting vignettes. It's basically it's a different mini story every week of 
different spies doing different things. And you only get a sort of, you get a, at the first episode, you get a sort of broad introduction to this spy agency, which is called D-Agency. Mm. Um, and then week, week by week, you see sort of these spies doing different things. And quite often, because the introduction was so kind of vague and the character designs are almost also sort of deliberately vague, and you're watching the show, each episode and you're thinking, I don't actually know who the spy is here. Yeah. Which is, you realise that's actually what the show wants you to do. So you're sitting there and you're trying to sort of, there's something different every week. There's sort of, there's a mystery or there's there's some sort of spy interactions. And it's pretty well done. It's well animated. It's pretty entertaining. But it's not really interesting. I did, it took me, I watched the first, watched sort of through a reasonable amount of it and then stopped and then came back to it later on and finished it. But I think if I just stopped, then, you know, I wouldn't have missed out on much. That's sort of how I feel, I think, having stopped. Yeah, because it, it's it's a good show and it's interesting once you watch it, but because everything is so self-contained, it's sort of, you can just watch, you could watch any sort of few episodes of it and get sort of a reasonable amount of the, the experience. But it, again, it, it's well done and it's entertaining. And I think it, it's just, it wasn't quite amazing. It was yeah. just sort of, it was just pretty good. I think, as you say, like that sort of episodic nature of it was sort of what, Mm. put me off because the little self-contained bits like were decent enough like they were diverting fairly interesting um but like i just need some kind of overarching thread Mm. to keep it together to make it worth yeah watching through otherwise it is is just like little it sort of it wraps it back round a bit at the end but only slightly and it's not really yeah again there's there's no kind of overarching thread to follow there but you know Solid show, I would say. If you've got time, if you like spies, then it is a bit good. different again in yeah. terms of setting. And you know, I, I tend to like sort of World War Two set animes because mm. they, they, you get that interesting Japanese perspective on things as opposed to uh, the sort of the normal Western storming the beaches perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, good show. So, um, talking of sort of well, good I, shows. <laughs> talk, talking of good shows and sort of well, I guess this is wartime and yeah. You've got a Showa Genroku Rakugo Shinju. Yes, that Rakugo show. That Rakugo show, <laughs> which um, I really, really liked. I think you liked it quite I a did. lot. I did. I liked it very much. Um, so Rakugo, if you don't know, is basically a sort of Japanese drama thing. It's sort of it's a drama comedy. What happens is you get one guy sitting on stage... And he's got a fan and he's got a handkerchief sometimes. And he basically tells a story... And he does all the voices and he does all the motions and has to sort of convey this whole story. And these are sort of stories that have existed for 200 years or something. Mm. You sort of learn them by rote, but you sort of you act them out in a different way. So it's, it's like sort of like, like it's you do storytelling, basically. It's storytelling, but it's um, it's quite, and you know, people train to be a Rakugo artist for years. And uh, sort of we start out with this guy who's just got out of prison finding this great Rakugo master and saying, please take me on as your apprentice. And then we sort of end up going back in time to see the past of this, the Rakugo master and his sort of early days with his Rakugo buddy and, you know, all the drama that goes on there. It's a lot of drama. There's a lot of drama, but I kind of like, because the whole sort of, because the whole structure of the show is kind of like a Rakugo story in of itself. And Mm. I really like that. And occasionally they sort of, like with the the second season has started recently, and when they did the recap, they told the recap as a Rakugo tale, yeah, which yeah. I really liked. That was brilliant. And it's one of those things where 
it's sort of it sounds it's sort of it's almost boring to watch in some ways, but it's boring in a really relaxing way. Like you're watching these Rakugo tales, and they're kind of bizarre and. It's very like alien to yes. someone of a Western persuasion, I yeah. think, um, and that's partly why it's so interesting. Yeah, and I think it's sort of you're saying, well, I don't really understand what's going on, and I'm not even sure I find these stories funny, but I sort of I found I find them interesting. Yeah, like the very first episode was a double length episode, yes. and a lot of it, possibly even half of it, was devoted to just like an actual just a story being told. And especially what I find re- found really interesting in the first episode is that. One of those stories that they told is actually a story being told not very well. Yeah. Which is, you know, you can't really imagine a show kind of dedicated in 10 minutes to telling a story not very well. But still, I got. I, I think what I said um, when I was writing notes about this is I said, if you can get through that first episode, probably you'll like the rest of the show. Because if you can get through... It, it's just, it's just what, once you get into it and you sort of start to appreciate it. And because... There's not much action in it. It's basically mm. just mostly guys, people walking around or talking to each other. There's so there's a lot of animation that goes into the facial animations and the sort of body movements, which really sort of and there's the voice acting as well, yeah. which is pretty fantastic. Incredibly well done. It's really just spot on, and it really just kind of it actually pushes. I mean, it, it, I haven't seen Rakugo in yeah. real life, so I can't compare it to that. But I do feel like you kind of you get a lot of the. I think it, it captures a lot of... Well, that's what's, what's quite impressive about it, is the fact that you can tell that it's not very good Rakugo yes. from the way that they've shot it and the way that their expressions are yeah. and the voice acting, and, like, despite us, you know, not knowing anything about it. And you can, you know, and then the master comes out and you can say, wow, this is great, or you can see the other guy and you say, wow, and then you can say, oh, maybe I prefer this style to that style, and the show is kind of taking all that into account, which I think, yeah, I mean, it's just... And the, the the characters were great. Yeah. Um, the story kind of I think meandered a little bit in the middle. Yeah, I like in terms of the drama, like it wasn't super compelling, and a lot of it was fairly cliche. I mm. think it's safe to say, um, but though it was sort of elevated by the setting, I guess. Mm. Um, I think for me, I really enjoyed the actual Rakugo part of it. Yeah, I enjoyed no, the, the, the storytelling, yeah. and so. When the balance tipped more towards the like drama, mm. personal life side of things, I perhaps enjoyed it slightly less. Yeah, no, I think I can definitely agree with that, especially when it sort of when it sort of starts to sort of go into sort of darker places, mm. and you're saying, mm, yeah, it's not quite so much fun. But when when it focuses on the rakugo, it's uh, it's entertaining. I mean, it's like you know, when when you have a sports show and then they they concentrate on the sports, you go, yeah, this is great. Rather than having training story camps. of my life. Anyway, um, but you know, I think we both we both really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, highly recommended. Yeah, one of the top from last year, tops. probably. Okay. Um, talking of tops from last year, <laughs> Sakamoto Deska. Yeah. Or mm. haven't you heard? I'm Sakamoto. Which I yeah I don't really like that translation. No, it's not great. Because um, it's just it's just awkward to say. Yeah. So and right, like there's a question mark and an exclamation mark in there. I'm pretty yes. sure. So, I mean, do you want to talk about Sakamoto? I, I remember <sighs> it is quite a hard show to sell in it a, is. and make it sound as good as it is because it is a great show. It's a phenomenal show. Um, I'm trying to think back to like what the original synopsis that I saw for it was because it did manage to instantly sell it I to mean, me. But the, it's the, uh, the synopsis that I saw sold it in this kind of different way from what I expected. So it was the... Um, it's like the main character is really... Basically, the, the point is that the main character is the coolest kid in school. But not like 
Because when you think the coolest kid in school, you think of some kind of <laughs> douchebag. Yeah, it's, it's not the traditional coolest kid in school. But he's sort of a complete dork, but he does everything in such a slick way <laughs> that it's just amazing. I mean, so he'll just do all this totally ridiculous stuff, and it always works out perfectly. Yeah, it's that, it's really hard to describe. That, that, that was the tension of of what basically it's a sort of it's it's almost it's like a slice of life thing, and you see Sakamoto getting up to all his bizarre antics with this mm. sort of, and the the side characters are all great as yeah. well. I really love the side characters. There's this sort of trio of uh, delinquents, delinquents, and they're just they're really entertaining. They really they're are great. Like at the start, they basically decide to completely antagonize Sakamoto because you know he thinks he's all that, and he does all these ridiculous stunts and like, so they think he's all up himself. Um, And so like they start trying to pull pranks on him and stuff. And so like they'll whip his seat away when he's about to sit down and then he'll just like sit in midair, like on his legs or whatever. And it's just like, what's going on? Wow. Sakamoto is amazing. Um, they, they, they took his desk away at some point and he said, not to worry, and I'll just sit, you know, in the, w- in the window. In yeah. that sort of cliche pose, just yeah. looking really cool. And it's just hard. It's really, it's a show you have to watch, I think. It's true. To, I mean, you, you can watch one episode, you can watch five minutes of it and you'll get it. Yeah, I think if you're unsure whether or not you're going to enjoy it, as just like loads of silly antics, just watch the opening. Yes. Oh, the, the opening is amazing. The opening is yeah. definitely one of the best of the year. Best of the year. Best of the year. For sure. And it's... Yeah, I mean, the, the, this was another show by Dean, who... I mean, I always thought of Dean as being kind of lower-quality studio. And they really... They made Rakugo, and they made Sakamoto, and those were basically two of my favourite shows of the year. And they made Tonkatsu DJ Agatara. I mean, clean sweep. Yeah, so I think they're just... They, they've come out as a back as a really solid... Uh, really solid studio. Really redeem themselves after Log Horizon Season 2. Yes. Did they make Long Horizon? Was that them? That was Dean, yeah. Man, I didn't even remember that. Uh, that. That speaks a lot about Log Horizon Season 2, I think. Yes. But uh, but cool. no, Sakamoto was just a really great show. It's a, it's a show you can't say a lot about just because... It's just top quality comedy, really. Yeah. But like, and just you, insane quality and you, and you, comedy. And you can't talk about the comedy because you don't want to spoil the Yeah, jokes. exactly. Exactly. Because it's, it's not traditional yeah. in any sense. And it's not really Japanese comedy either. It's sort of it's quite. I mean, there are some. There are some Japanese jokes in there that yes. you know always translate badly. But there's there's some quite. I mean, it's quite accessible humor. It's kind of Definitely. it's advanced slapstick. I'd call it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's 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 a good way of putting it. So okay. yeah, highly recommended. Highly recommended. Definitely one of the top shows. Um, let me get on to Haikyuu, which we got season two and uh, and three. And three well, season of... two finished last year. Yes. So, and I mean, we can... Three. So, Haikyuu, I think... I mean, we, we're both big fans of Kuroko Novasuke. <laughs> they uh, And obviously we're big fans of uh, Ace of Diamond. But I don't think either of us is really big fans of Haikyuu, despite Haikyuu's inexplicable <sighs> popularity over both of those two shows we just mentioned. Yeah. Yeah, so... We watch season one together. Well, let's just say Haikyuu is a, a show about volleyball. Yes. It's about Karasuno. It's a volleyball sports anime. Yes. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a sports anime. They're, they're all trying to win the, win the championships. In Inter high. It's always the inter high. Except when it's the winter cup. Except when it's the winter cup. Or the spring tournament. Or the full tournament. <laughs> There's always an extra tournament that's not the inter high. Because yes. no one ever wins the entire high. Anyway, um, so we watch, this, we watch season one together, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Mostly. At least most of it. Yeah. Um, and I think we both came out thinking that was like suitably diverting and like kept us going throughout, but it, certainly it, not as good a sports a, anime as it was a sort of it was a good 
something to have between Kuroko season two and season <laughs> three, I think. Somewhere around yeah. there, yeah. Um, but like, yeah, it didn't blow us away by any means. No. And we were sort of both staggered by how massively popular it's been. Yes. And over I'm... here and in the Western world in general, in be... comparison to those other shows. Yeah, because I think it's been quite hard for sports anime to make a splash in the West, and Haikyuu's definitely broken through for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah, like, previously licensors, this is going a bit technical now, I guess, mm. industry-wise, licensors would, like, stay away from sports anime, like, miles away, just partly because they've never been popular over here previously. I guess the formula's been shifted recently into sort of to aiming towards female audiences, etc. Yeah, I think um, I've realised there's, there's a lot of audience going on Yeah, there. but also because of the way they're, like, a lot of them are funded in Japan. Like, they're funded by, like, TV stations that show sports, and they're like, make this sports show, and then people yes. come watch our sports. And as a result, you know, they don't really care about people selling DVDs overseas. Mm. Um, so, like, we still don't have Kuroko to, like, my never-ending disappointment. Um... And there's no way we'll ever get Diamond Oasis with its, like, over 100 episodes or whatever. Yeah, unless you're paying about 400 quid for... A, an import. An imp- well, ju- I mean... Ju- ju- Japanese import. I'm, I'm, ju- I'm just thinking about the Western release. 100 episodes, you know. Huh. You're paying, like, 50 quid per, you know, quarter season. Ah, uh, well. Um, anyway. that's, a, that's a different issue, yeah. Um, so, Haikyuu... Um, so, season one was okay. Yes. Like, it was reasonable sports. They're, they're playing... Bit volleyball. There's the main character who is basically a one-trick pony, and there's some other characters who pretty much are there to just say the same thing over and over again, mm-hmm. and not develop very much. The character development in general has been, I mean, the, the, there's been some small development, but that's been over all three seasons. And, and it's, just, it's not really development. Like just, they sort of hint that they're like, oh, something's happening with this character, maybe, yeah. and then so all of a sudden they'll have had this massive shift. And they'll just basically learn a few new moves every now and then, yeah. and then use those same moves over and over again, and then shout out the move <laughs> every time they do it. Even though it's not like sort of superpowered sports in the same way as like Kuroko. yeah, I mean that's kind of that's one of the downfalls I think is it's just sort of it. Mostly it's just volleyball, and there's nothing sort of... It's not shot or directed. I think the, the direction doesn't really show, show it in an interesting way. It's just kind of Yeah, okay. that's, a, that's a fair criticism, I think. Um, though, as you know, we discovered with season three being this year, which literally is just one match, a season dedicated to one match, mm. um, just volleyball like, isn't too bad. And like just focusing on the sport is what you want in sports, yes. anyway. Um, and in fact, like the weakest parts of Haikyuu have always been like the school stuff and the, well, the, the uh, character stuff. Season two, the first half of season two if was not a more training than, camp. Yeah. More than that was just a training camp. And then they sort of kept on going back to the training camp and just kept going. And pretty much you were just watching in season one, the, the team had a big disappointment, we'll say. Um, <laughs> and then they went on a training camp and then they were just miserable. Yeah. For about fifteen episodes, that uh, not a quite that many. Training I think. Camp. It's like n- nine, maybe. Um, but but they, yeah, they, they just lost and they lost, just lost and lost and lost. And lost. Yeah, and it wasn't fun to watch. No, nope. and like they didn't even. Sh- I don't think they even showed any full matches. Maybe one at the end of the training camp, they showed a full match. No, well, again, because they were just losing. It wouldn't yeah. be fun to watch anyway. <laughs> but even just watching them, you know, watching the results of them losing is even more boring. Yeah. And, like, 
the bits between those are like the characters like trying to cheer each other up or like trying to develop and learn and the, new skills. And they were also trying to sort of introduce all these other characters and yeah. saying, look at all these characters from these other schools who maybe you'll see later on. Yeah. And, and it was like, just basically a big character dump. It was. And it sort of says something about the fact that I think I enjoyed those characters a lot more than I cared about the main characters, like the main team. Do we do you want to talk about the character designs for a moment? Because <laughs> dear God, those character designs, why? <sighs> there's no consistency at all no no everyone does this there's everyone just ends up with the same sort of face that they do all the time everyone has this sort of celebration where they jump into the air and do a <laughs> star shape and it's just everyone just keeps on doing the same thing over and over again and the characters are just so just patchy and a couple of them and are the okay. arts just not great really. no I mean, there's one guy who looks like he's out of Dragon Ball Z, and there's one guy who looks like he's out of a completely different show. Yeah. And that, they just it just doesn't match up, and I really I just find it. It's it's quite jarring, um, it particularly is. like when they do the weird effect where like you're looking at them from the other side of a net, and like yes. some of the net disappears, and yeah. like all this sort of stuff. And the um, I was. I've completely forgotten. There was lots of metaphors as well, which oh. they kept on revisiting. That that's possibly. I mean, there are a lot of things I don't like about Haiku, but I think the metaphors are my least favorite part. So the um the main high school is Karasuno, and Karas is crow in Japanese. Yeah. And then their main sort of their historic rivals are Nekoma, and Neko is cat. So you have like the cat versus the crow, and their rivalry is known as the battle of the junkyard or something. The battle of the the garbage dump, or you know, it's and then they, and then they keep on making jokes about saying, "Oh, well, we're from the garbage dump, and you know, we, we're from the concrete. We're from that the was concrete. no, that was a completely different we're, metaphor. We're, we're like the gra- the plant that grows in the concrete, and then." There was a whole thing where the coach, where during the training, where the coach kept talking about how all the cogs all the different were, cogs are coming into place. It's like, oh, your your cogs are like all aligned now. It's like the final cog, and he kept on talking. They talked about these things. They like, talk about it all the time, and like so much of the screen time is dedicated to like illustrating these stupid metaphors. So like you see like cogs sliding into place, and you, and you get the the opening animations as well, where you see them mm. like climbing mountains and going. In Rah. an opening, that's sort of okay. Like have your metaphors about them flying and all this sort of stuff. Whatever. But the season three opening was just stupid. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot that we could talk about that we don't like. Yeah, I think I mean, we should probably make probably a distinction between season two and season three. Yeah, so let's say season two was... The first half of season two was utterly miserable. The second half of season two, where they're actually starting to play matches against other people, they dedicated way too much time to... Talk. They, they, these are basically utter scrubs who they were going to yeah. swat out of the game. <laughs> yeah. They had no reason to do anything except to be there for five minutes and get beaten. And then they always spent sort of multiple episodes dedicated... Far too long building them up and with like to, flashbacks and everything. To the backstories of these guys saying, guys, we can do this. We have to, you know, be really great baseball... Not baseballers. Who um, cares? <laughs> but... Well, that, that's a good comparison, though, because in Ace yeah. of Diamond, when the matches were quite long mm. and quite, you know, they, they were saying, OK, this is some high level stuff going yeah. on here. When you have the backstories for all the rival teams, you kind of you feel like you get something out of that. Yeah. Whereas with these, it's like you're going to beat them in two, two uh, episodes. Episode and tops. then we'll never see them again. And then we'll never see them again. You're just showing all this backstory. And we don't care. We don't, we don't care. care at all. Even if they are more interesting than the main guys. But they, I mean, even then, they really were. No. And that says yeah. something, because the main guys are not at all interesting. <laughs> yeah. So I, it's I just... don't know why yeah people care so much about those characters, because like, they're either 
2D like caricature, like archetype type mm. people, or there's just nothing to them whatsoever. So that was bizarre and stupid. And then he finally got onto the. the, the they had the match versus. Um... They had the final showdown against their like sort of rival so, type people, so Alba, Josai. Alba Josai slash Seijo, and I don't know how that works. Yes, um, and that was even that was kind of because the the guy who's in charge of Alba Josai was just a. I hate that guy. Yeah. He's just an awful character. He's like, meh, 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 meh. like super cocky. I'm the best setter in the world. That's the kind of, you know, bad guy who I don't like. Yeah. And then, okay, so then you got to season three, which is all, it was ten episodes. Ten episodes, just one match. Just one match. Which no, was like, padding. Well, I mean, there's padding Karasuno throughout. versus... Um, Shiratori's Hour. Shiratori's Hour. Who are the, the white... So Shiratori's Hour is like the white bird something. So you had, like, the crow versus the white bird. There were more metaphors Dove, there. maybe? I don't know. And um, it was, it was terrible. No, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't terrible. It was the opposite no, of terrible. The other seasons were terrible. This one was. This one was alright. Better than the other seasons is what I'd say because it was just the volleyball. It was just the action. Quite well animated. I I seem yeah. to recall. Yeah. No, the animation was was. Re- I mean, the, the animation's always been like reasonably consistent. Mm. It was just that the the, the character designs yeah, and the yeah. arts was so bad. Um, but they actually played quite a lot of. Quite a lot of volleyball and at least a baseball again there yeah they kept on they 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 had they had these sort of they've only got a few because again because it's a sort of realistic show they only actually have a few kind of special moves yeah and every time they do their special move they have to shout it out they have a synchro attack yeah and every time they do the synchro attack they all run towards the net and, and say synchro, synchro attack. attack and this happens about 20 times yeah and it's... it gets, gets a bit old um but which is better than in the first season where they had basically one special move <laughs> that's true and now like got it got a... foiled pretty much immediately now they have like five so it's uh it's a bit more diverse and there, there, there was a bit more believable character stuff i think yeah in three well there was the um the guy with the glasses yeah i, I was basically going to use Tsukishima he, as the as the example he gets some actual i mean he i still don't really like him as a character that's the thing he... like from the start he was like dick guy he was dick yeah. guy in glasses like you know looking down on the main guys and like oh i don't really care about volleyball i'm just sort of doing this and like i just gotta be really snarky and yes. he was that all the way through seasons one and two even though in season two like they sort of gave him moments where you were supposed to feel like he was growing yeah as a person and they like showed some backstory or whatever with his brother and all this sort of stuff but it didn't really amount to anything and then finally in season three it's like suddenly he cares about volleyball and like he wants to do well for the team and yes. like he sort of developed these sort of abilities i guess yeah but actually i mean despite trying to do some backstory for other characters on the team most of them still have no character <laughs> at all yeah i mean you get i can't remember that there's, there's the there's the captain guy who is literally just a blank slate I, there's nothing about him other than he's the captain and that he's driving reliable captain guy yes he's not like hugo and in no, Kuroko, oh well, who is, who is. fantastic? Yeah, guy. it's it's a reliable captain guy. It's like fairly powerful but lacking in confidence ace guy. Yes, there's like again reliable libero guy who can like make all the saves. And he makes all the. He's like, oh, I'm so funny. But yeah, he's, he's not. He's he's. I mean, he's okay. But and there's like the skinhead delinquent but still volleyball player guy who's quite shouty. Well, I, I don't think we need to go through all the No, characters. we the probably should The point shouldn't. is that like, they're, not, they're not particularly interesting. And we can't even remember any of their names. Um, but, you know, Haiku... I mean, I guess we could say that season, season one was okay. Season two is probably not worth your time. 
But then if you haven't watched season two, then you're probably not going to watch season to three. To be honest, you could probably just skip it and watch it. Like, if you enjoyed the volleyball in season one, you could just watch season three. Like, who cares? That's actually probably reasonable. <laughs> I mean, that's... you. Yeah. Like, you miss all the bits in season two where, like, our main protagonists are, like, squaring up to these big Olympian guys who are the antagonists, I guess, of season three. Yeah. Um, and so you miss all the, the bants. But most of that's shown through flashbacks Or all, all anyway. the concrete metaphors i mean on if you watched maybe season one and then watch the sort of the maybe the last match of season two and then watch season three yeah i think i think, I think that, that'd be a that. good 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 set of stuff so to summarize um haiku is bad like it's not as good as other sports stuff no but i was pleasantly surprised by season three it was i i, I don't know why i'm still watching haiku uh, yeah, but, like I don't know why. I could but do season it. three kind of reminded me of maybe there's something, maybe, a glimmer. Maybe, maybe there's there's something growing up through the concrete. <laughs> All the cogs are finally coming into place. I don't think they are. I think there's <laughs> still about half a clock missing at this point. Okay, let's let's move on. Okay, so um, next we have a lightning round. We're actually completely out of shows that I've watched. So now, instead of lightning round, we have it's the, the lightning round, round. Oh. and we're going to have to go through this. I think we're I'm going to I'm going super fast. We're going like, to super fast this because it's, it's also worth pointing out there are a million other shows that like we just dropped off the list completely. Yes, because... that I'm not even talking about in a lightning round because I've apparently just watched too many anime. Well, I think we 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 did we wanted to talk about shows that we were at least passionate about in one direction, <laughs> one way or the other. Whether it's really bad or really good, but not just mediocre and forgettable because who cares about those? Okay, let's go. Um, maybe, should I should I actually time you? Do you want thirty uh, seconds? Yeah. Okay. Fine. Okay. Uh, Kuromakuro, go. Kuromakuro. Okay. So this is a mecha show by PA Works, who have traditionally not done anything like mecha shows. They've just been like fancy, like school drama nonsense stuff and other things, like Shirobako, which is amazing. Anyway, um, and I actually ended up really enjoying it, which I didn't really expect I was going to, because like I was unsure whether they could do a good mecha show. Um, it's got a sort of. It's it's really weird because like there's. A clash between the modern world. Oh god, I'm t- counting down. Clash between the modern world, like an ancient samurai world, and like some kind of future alien invaders type stuff. Um, and like, there's just weird sort of dynamic between those different things. And uh, oh, it's yeah, it's 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 quite good. It's not amazing. It's decent. Like some good characters, good fun. Like there's some funny moments and there's some poignant moments and there's like a surprisingly good action. Um, that's probably my time. I imagine that was more than your time. Oh, I, I think thirty seconds might be. Uh... Might Could be a bit harsh this. if I'm gonna like synopsize and okay, let's not that go, I really did that. Go, go on to orange. Orange. So orange is like a very stereotypical shojo manga show type thing, like romancy thing, um, with a lot of drama. But like this has the added element of our main girl character like got a letter from herself in the future telling her that her love interest is like gonna die unless she like makes some other choices that sounds um, serious which sounds serious but then like that surprisingly really doesn't come into the plot of the show as much as you might think like she knows the future but still just like pff, who cares um it's just general shoujo stuff uh, as shoujo goes it's okay like there are a couple of characters that are either funny or lovable uh, i'm thinking mainly sewer who's like the romantic rival i guess of the guy who she actually wants to end up with um and lightning round lightning lightning round um but it's also worth pointing out that the art goes to hell like the animation is awful like in some cases throughout this um and if you want a good shoujo there are other things to watch like card capped sakura which is great i don't think that's quite the same thing i don't care um thunderbolt fantasy thunderbolt fantasy this isn't an anime at all but it's like gena robochi's love child with like weird taiwanese puppetry and it's phenomenal um it's like 
all the sort of best bits about cliche like ancient Chinese mystical story stuff like going on quests with like magical artifacts and like betrayal and nonsense stuff and it's ridiculously over the top and like these amazingly ornate puppets and like uh, animated I say animated uh, in a really interesting way with like silly special effects and like completely overblown like Sawano Hiroyuki soundtrack and it all just like works perfectly and like it's as if it was made for me basically it's just all, all of the things I love in a show and it's, it's great. It's got Sawano Hiroyuki. It's got Sawano Hiroyuki. And doing puppets. Doing puppets. Amazing. Uh, you should just watch it it's great. Okay. It's not an anime though. Uh, heavy object. Heavy object. This deserves a special mention for having the best character names I've ever seen in any show ever. Unfortunately, I haven't got like a list up, uh, but there's like, ah, uh, like Quintha Barbatage and like, um, Clement Honeysuckle nonsense. They're amazing. Like, just look at the wiki, like, list of characters or something. It's phenomenal. That's basically all that's worth talking about. It's not a very good show. Um, <laughs> the one thing I did enjoy about it was, like, the the bants, I guess, is a good use of the word bants between, like... Is the, there ever a good use of the word bants? <laughs> the main character and his, like, sidekick slash friend guy. Um, I think that's possibly just, like, really good subtitling on behalf of, like, Funimation, whoever did it. Like, because I doubt it's anything like that in the Japanese, but it was actually quite amusing. Otherwise, it's just heavily fan service and the action's not great. Utano Prince Summer. Utano Price Summer, as it says on the dock. <laughs> um, season season four. 4, aka Magic Love Legend Star. Um, basically, I like Utano Prince Summer for some reason. Um, I really like season one. Season two was a bit worse. Season three was a bit terrible. And this is good again, is what I'll say. Like, the song, the character songs are very good here. Um, the interactions between, like, the protagonist girl whose sort of, like, role has diminished throughout <laughs> the seasons. And, like, the people around her are ridiculous as ever, and it is still hilarious. Like, any time anyone walks into a room and, like, there's a conversation between people, like, they literally have to go around in turn so, like, every one of the members of this group can say something, like, characterful um, before you can move on. It's just hilarious. Um, not much to say. Um, if you watch the rest, watch it. Hi, Togenso Togrimgar. I feel like there's more to say on this one, um, but, like, I'm going to try and limit it. So, this I, I is... Yes. Mike quite liked this show, and he really liked the music in the show, and he kept on telling me to watch it, <laughs> but I haven't watched it, because it, I'm a bad person. Yeah, so. Um, so it's basically another one of these, like, kids get transported to a fantasy RPG world thing. Shocking. But... With a twist, just like all the other ones. Um, so there must be so many of them that the twists aren't even twists. <laughs> they're anymore. not twists; they're just all part of that genre. Um, so basically, it's quite the, the way that it's different is it's quite grim and bleak and realistic, I guess. Like they all get transported to this world, and they find themselves in this RPG setting in which you know they have to form a guild or they have to go out and like beat up goblins for loot, etc. But if they don't kill the goblins to get this loot, they're going to starve. They can't afford food when they're killing these goblins like they scream and they bleed like all over them and like they give they like run for their lives and they have children and all this sort of stuff and it's like the surprising like moral things that you don't think about when you like playing mmos i guess it sounds i mean it, I, i'm saying i'm not saying it sounds awful as a show but i'm saying it sounds awful to it, watch i would not want to be one of the characters i'll put it that way um and there are some like big sort of emotional hard-hitting bits that i'm not going to spoil um that sort of hang over the characters and sort of inform their growth i'm gonna like not talk too much about it but the music is phenomenal i have to say i didn't i watched one episode of the show and then i didn't watch it because i thought it looked really depressing but you haven't really i'm not gonna lie it is quite depressing um but it's quite compelling um and it's got great music and i really 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 like the art style 
Okay. Then you have Cabinary of the Iron Fortress or uh Cotexagona Cabinary. That sounds about Something right. Something along those lines. Um it's just bad. It's yeah, really bad. Studio Wit. It's Studio Wit um heralded as like the next attack on titan or whatever which is like going to be literally anything studio wit does now after attack on titan um and it's about a big metal train i don't think anyone was saying that um what was it the rolling girl <laughs> i don't think anyone said that i don't know man. Attack on titan. i don't know um so yeah it's about this big train that goes around through the country uh people are only safe on these giant metal trains because people are zombies and like it's, oh. it's basically zombies like they try and put a twist on it but i didn't zombies. know it's about trains it's I about trains, trains and zombies um, and there's, there's really not much to it. I don't particularly like the art. The characters are like awful archetypes and just stupid and frustrating to watch. Um, some of the action is okay. Like it's quite well animated because it's like studio wit. Um, yeah. but like there's no point, like if you're not invested in what's going on, um, it's just like some girl like slashing up some zombies, like seen that before can cool. get, can get that in better places. And the thing that really frustrated me is the Crunchyroll Anime Awards. This had a nomination in basically like every category, and it's just bad. Like it doesn't deserve a nomination, let alone a victory. Like in any of those categories. Did you want to say anything else about the Crunchyroll animation? There anime are. Oh, there's or... a lot. There's a lot I want to say about the Crunchyroll anime was, but I won't. Okay. I won't say it. Um. So I mean that that's all the shows have gotten list. We did, oh my god. We did cut out some shows as we said that uh, weren't we felt weren't quite worth talking about. Um, yeah. So do you, do you, what do you, do you want to talk about your favorites? Oh. We're not going to do awards because no, we're not we going think to do awards. awards are stupid. And we'll be here um, forever talking about it. Yeah, um, I mean, I think like I, I, when I was looking through the list of everything I watched last year, I was like, "Ooh, this is a, this is a contender. This is a contender. Oh, there's some good stuff here." And then like I just see Diamond Away season two, and I'm like, "Oh, that just wins! Like that's, I just love it. It's so yeah. good." I mean, I I really like Diamond Away. Um, given given the fact it kind of finished last year mm. and starting last year, I say it's. I would rank that as sort of being only sort of partially 2016. Okay. Um, but I, you know, I, I quite liked uh, Arslan. That was a good show. Mm. I mean, but that, you know, it's just more Arslan. It's nice to see it again. In terms of really great shows, I really liked Sakamoto Deska. I really liked uh, that Rakugo show. That Rakugo show. And I really, I really liked Seko Boys. I mean, I can't lie there. <laughs> Seko Boys was just great and it was really entertaining. Um, but obviously, Seko Boys is more silly, which doesn't make it any less valuable. But probably, probably it does make it less valuable. So um, <laughs> shucks. I mean, Sakamoto is also silly, and Sakamoto is definitely superior. So I think Sakamoto and uh, Shuriken Raku Rakugo Shinju were would be my picks for for top shows of 2016. Okay, that's fair enough. So, um... Um... Yeah, I think if I was going to pick ones that aren't Diamond No Ace, because we're saying that doesn't really count. I'm um, not saying it doesn't count. I'm just saying, you know, it's it counts slightly less. That's fair. Like, I think, again, Sakamoto, Rakugo. Um, yeah, like, the, Flying Witch was actually probably a contender. Like, okay. that was, it was very that's good. Um, and, yeah, that's about it. I've okay. realised that, like, we cut out My Hero Academia from the, from the Lightning Round. Did we? Um I knew we'd missed I, something. Yeah, but like, there's no point revisiting it now. We've just done like a big roundup bit. It's like okay, shown in action. There you go. Fantastic. Lightning. <laughs> lightning. That was the be- That was the most lightning, lightning round we've had. Um, I mean, should we? We've been going on for nearly two hours, twenty minutes. There, I feel like we probably ought to. 
We've been talking for a while. We probably ought to cut short there. Probably should. We, we we were thinking of talking about Nintendo Switch, but well, I I can we can do a lightning round of the Nintendo lightning Switch. Lightning round. So, I I am way more hyped than Nintendo Switch than I probably should be because when I get really hyped for things, I'm always disappointed. That's so how at least hype now, works. Yeah. At least now I know that I'm going to be disappointed by it. But everyone's saying, oh, it looks shit. Oh, the presentation was terrible. I loved the presentation. The presentation was great. I loved stupid Japanese stuff. I thought it was great. (laughs) Even the Splatoon 2 guy (laughs) doing a silly pose, I thought it was fantastic. I liked all the games that they showed. I thought 1-2-Switch looks like... It it made me interested in the hardware. I thought ARMS came up, which is the sort of crazy boxing game extendo boxing game i remember seeing splatoon and saying man this looks retarded and i loved splatoon i Mm. played so much splatoon i bought a wii u basically just to play splatoon yep um so if i see arms i'm thinking well this looks retarded but i'm down it could be the next splatoon it could be and you know i i or splatoon 2 could be the next splatoon it could that's also possible but i think arms has a lot of potential there um i think you know the hardware looks really interesting i'm really interested in super mario odyssey because i've been really waiting for a mario game that's a sort of proper 3d mario mm. game i know some there's some debate there but i still think that you know super mario 64 sunshine and galaxy people say galaxy is more like a linear game but fuck you guys that's it's all <laughs> about the sort of control style and i think that i love galaxy it's one of my favorite games of all time so coming back to that i think is fantastic i'm actually somehow sort of less hyped for breath of the wild just because it sort of it looks kind of like skyrim mm. kind of game and i've never really been that interested open in world skyrim. type uh, two open worlds i tend to find i just end up choice doing paralysis yeah 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 I'm, I'm a similar way um shall i shall i go yeah. into my spiel i guess yeah if, if we start with breath of the wild then i throughout the past like two years or however long it's been since they announced it um, I've been sort of unapologetically completely non-fussed about yeah. Breath of the Wild. Like, even Skyward Sword, like, I picked up and I played a bit. I didn't really get into it. I was like, maybe I'm just done with Zelda. Like, you know, we've had this formula however many times. Yeah. Um, and this just looked like, okay, is this another Zelda? Um, fine. Um, but in that presentation where they showed off, like, the latest trailer that mm. was, like, three minutes long or whatever it was, that just showed off like the story and yeah. like a lot of the other bits. It's like, wow, they've actually done something quite was, different here. It was an absolutely fantastic trailer. Yeah. Like, and I mean, hopefully it's not just a fantastic trailer. No, I mean, I, I think but that you have to sort of say that, that, you know, it was part, part of that was just the fact that it was really well, regardless mm. of any other game stuff, it's a really well-made trailer. It's yeah. really well directed, better probably directed than, you know, the arms trailer <laughs> was, which basically just showed people missing punches yeah. for three minutes. Yeah. So I'm actually now actually quite excited. Like, I don't know yeah. when I'm going to get around to playing it. Like, I pre-ordered it, but we, we, I've got we, so many. We, we've both got launch day Switches pre-ordered. Yes. I yeah. have two. In case I, was, I was really hoping I wasn't going to do that, and then I just sort of did. Yeah. Like, th- I did enjoy the presentation, similarly. I mean, um, I, I, I really wasn't hyped about the Wii U at all. I had really no interest in the Wii U. I, I mean, I, quite, I like Nintendo games, but the Wii U just didn't really interest me. There weren't any games that I could really see myself really wanting on it when I saw it initially announced. But for me, the Switch, I mean, I want to play the uh, Breath of the Wild. Oh, I could play that on Wii U, but I want to play yeah. Breath of the Wild, you know, on the go. I want to be able to play ARMS. I want yeah. to play Splatoon 2. Yeah. I want to play Mario. And that's basically already enough to sell the system yeah. for me. I want to play Breath of the Wild. Um, I'd like to play some of those other things, though I'm probably yeah. not going to fork out £50 for them. I'm, I'm obviously going to play the new Fire Emblem, yeah. which is, has been announced for Switch. 
um, the new Shin Megami Tensei, potentially. Mm. Um, this is me with my Japanese, Japanese games again. Yes. Um, and yeah, like maybe Splatoon 2, I don't know. And there's maybe obvi- Splatoon maybe Splatoon 2. 2. Like, don't you fucking lie to me. Well, let's let's just take a minute to talk about how like oh, you're going to have to pay for online. Oh yeah. No, I mean that that was really that was the main That was like a dagger that, in the that heart. That was the stinging point yeah. of the presentation. Yeah. I think I mean I pay for a lot of stuff every <laughs> month anyway. I don't think it's going to be but I can mm. see how that would affect other people. We'll have to see how it's priced. I if guess. it's if it's lower, if it's sort of if it's five pounds a month, I think that's a bit steep. If it's if they can do it for you know thirty pounds a year, that would be. I think I'd be totally on board with that. That would be fine. Yeah. If, I, but I I imagine it's going to be more like about sixty fifty pounds a year. Maybe. I think again the worrying thing is as with the last couple of Nintendo consoles, just the sparse lineup of stuff mm. at launch, which obviously hasn't stopped us ordering it. But it's going to stop a lot of other people ordering it. And... I don't see it, again. I don't really see it as sort of sparse because you've got sort of games. Because I'm, I mean, obviously not everyone wants to play Zelda. I get that. Well, I don't really get that, but I do. <laughs> sure. Um, but then you know you've got a steady stream of games coming out. They've actually announced quite a few things, and there's sort of I mean a lot of it's ports and stuff. But that's you know la- launch day is sort of. If you look at some of the launch uh, games for other systems, there's lots of kind of crap out there. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to argue that point. But it's like they've announced, you know, this big Mario title or whatever. But that's mm. not coming to what, like December? Uh, holiday. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so that that's means, a lot of dead space. And that's probably going to be. I, I, that's almost guaranteed to be delayed. Yeah. Anyway, exactly. So, um, but so I mean, like in terms of big flagship games for the system, well, there's, there's Zelda. There's Splatoon in the summer. Yeah. There's Mario Kart Eight. But uh, it's, it's just it's just Mario Kart again though like it's just a port. I didn't have Mario Kart Eight on the Switch yeah. on the Wii U, so I'm probably I well I think I've already ordered that. Again. Have you actually? Well, I had that sort of ten pounds off an Amazon deal or something. Oh, I mean, I can just give you Mario Kart Eight. Like I'm done with it. But now I can play it, you know, <laughs> wherever I like. <sighs> okay. Um, I'd like to see some more announcements. I'd like to see F Zero on the Switch. I think that's not going to happen, but I'd like to see it. I don't know. I, I'm interested to see what the uh, what the games are, and I'm really excited to do the whole to have like a controller in each hand and just be able to flop on the sofa like <laughs> the guy showed. Yeah. Where they just randomly had a sofa yeah. in, in the pre- in the presentation. They had a sofa for about five seconds just so he could lie on it. Yeah, that was a bit weird. Uh, and I think in the most recent promotional video, they showed a guy playing on the Switch while he was on the toilet. Yes, I saw that. So, like, good they, to know. But, they, you know, they, they know what their... Uh... <laughs> Target audience. Yes. And, you know, I think that's... Uh... And again, you know about the whole sort of Japanese weirdness of the presentation. Does everyone remember, like, the Xbox One oh. presentation where they've just talked about television and sports for about... Sports! An hour. Sports, And TV, it was awful. Sports. It was awful, and they showed off one game, and that was Call of Duty. So compared to Probably this... Probably a this, FIFA as well, to be fair. This was wonderful. I mean, you know, yeah. it had sort of... The, even the whole thing with the ice cubes, I thought was quite funny. <laughs> I love the ice cube bit. That I know great. lots of people... It's like, this is just so ridiculously Japanese tech industry yes. nonsense. But people are saying, oh, you know, it's not going to appeal to the Western audience. It appealed to me. I'm Western. The Western audience is like Nintendo... Fam- like, Nintendo fanboys are going to watch these things. Yes. Non-Nintendo fanboys who, you know, might be a Western audience who pick it up, they're not going to watch these things. Yes. But there's been a sort of a lot of backlash in media from sort of general media saying, oh, it look, we saw the presentation and it looks terrible. So I, I can see, you know, from that perspective. Mm. But, eh, I think, 
I think that I'm seeing some more positive media coming out now. Yeah. There's been a lot of talk about the power of the system, which I don't really think is relevant given that you can, it's a handheld, basically. Yeah. So I think, you know, even just being better than the Wii U and also being entirely portable and having like a five hour battery life or whatever it does sometimes, it's like yeah. three, to five, three to six hours. They said, yeah, depending on use, it's like 2.5 to 6.5 hours or something. Which is, you know, that's reasonably good. 6.5 hours I'd definitely take. I might be less happy with 2.5, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah. And well, I mean, we can we can speculate. They, they said like. it can do like three hours of yeah. Zelda, and that's a pretty high-powered game. So. Yeah. yeah. We, we, we can we can speculate, as I say, as much as we want. But I mean, obviously, we're all already sold, both of us. Yes. So I guess we just see what happens. Yeah. We'll see if we're unsold. <laughs> If I cancel my pre-order because they announce something awful. Like, I, just, I don't know how that Why is everyone work. so hyped about Super Bomberman R? <laughs> I don't get it. I get that people love Bomberman and they want to... I didn't ha- actually realise there hasn't been a new Bomberman game in a really long time. Like a decade, I don't know. But it looks really bad. Like, the graphics look it, really it, bad. And it's it looks just like Bomberman. the same Bomberman that's been released for the last, like, decades. And I... Okay, yeah, you can play it with eight people, but it's, it's, Bomberman, it's Bomberman. which is fine. I don't want to play... I don't know how much they're charging for it, but it's it is like just Bomberman. It's 50 quid. If it is, then like they've missed, they've no. <laughs> it's ridiculously expensive for Bomberman, but people are really excited about it. Anyway, we should wrap yes, this up. Yes, let's wrap it up. How do we do that? Uh, well, I think you know. I hope you've enjoyed this two and a half hours of us talking. Maybe we'll edit it. Hopefully. No promises. <laughs> no promises. <laughs> this will either be really fun to edit or just really fun. Maybe to Maybe we'll to. just edit out all the lightning ro- rounds. Oh god, full lightning rounds. I'm sure I said something worthwhile. I'm sure he did. Um, okay, but you know, uh, if you got this far, uh, congratulations Congrats. and oh, treat uh, yourself. Yeah, and uh, we'll hopefully see you next time if there ever is a next time for more stuff Ben and Mike like or whatever we decide to call this podcast. Stuff Ben and Mike like. All right. Cool. Bye. Ciao.